This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we've got a full spoiler review of Marvel's latest movie, Eternals. Plus, Spider-Man No Way Home gets a new poster and a crazy runtime. Dave Bautista's throwing shade at Marvel. Disney Plus Day is coming. The MCU has cast its first werewolf. And we get a look at the actual Morbius trailer. All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, November 8th, 2021. This is Jason Musen for reasons best left between you and your therapist. You're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Snooch to the nooch. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Yeah, what's up, listener? Hello, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. Why do you say it so slow? He, I just want to make sure people know you're the jock. You, you enunciate, enunciate it. Me. You got to enunciate your words. Joining us is my very own personal valet, Rugamesh. But I call him Rugboy. What's up, Rugs? Yes, I'll be following you around with a camera. That's right. And watching you shoot uh, lasers out of your fingers like a gun. Yes, carry my socks. I don't want to wear them right now. I will put them on later. And I will try and stake you in your sleep. <laughs> I am not a vampire. Don't kill me. Well, why are you so pale? Well, that is a good question, and I don't do well in the sun, so maybe I am a vampire. I knew it. Mm. I am Blade the Eternal. Before we begin, one bit of a note for the listener. Disclaimer. Um, the jock may be more distracted than usual uh, mm-hmm. during this recording, because apparently... There's a bunch of sports balls on the television, is there, Anthony? Yeah, the Bears are playing Monday Night Football. The Bulls are playing the Nets. So I've got a little YouTube TV on wow. my browser. That's a double while hit I talk to you guys. Chicago sports there. That's crazy. But I, I am excited to talk about some of the stuff on the show, especially the movies. So oh, yeah. I will, no. uh, okay. This might be the best recording of the show I've ever done. I'm going to say I'm it's right going to be nothing different. I'm going to be, I'm going to say it's going to be like every other week where you're like, what was that again? And uh, it's going to, so I'm sorry, I, I was texting. What? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't think even I had to give that disclaimer. No one's going to notice yeah, that you're probably, barely involved. Yeah, you're right. But just in case, I wanted to let the listener paint a picture of what's going on in their head. Like if there's any difference between Anthony looking at the TV to check the score or looking at boobs and swiping yeah. left or right. Uh, equal. <laughs> Equal well, whenever, you, whenever you guys name women from like the 90s or yeah. 80s that are hot i get you you put me on like a, I get down a really long winding road of of just boobs and google images yeah, really. one day i'll just submit to you a, a master list anthony i would appreciate that's that. how we get <laughs> anthony's attention now i know i just yell out elizabeth shoe and then all of a sudden you're like what let me look that up uh <laughs> so all right let's get to the news you bastards the Jock and Nerd Podcast. So, like Anthony just mentioned, I am also very excited to talk about Eternals in the review later on in the show. But first, now that Eternals is out, you know what that means. 
The next MCU movie is Spider-Man No Way Home. Geek boner. We should be getting more shit about this movie. It has the Zero strangest- trailer. Zero yes. trailer. You Z- think they'd have it in front of that movie that we just talked yeah. about. Yeah. No, they showed the the oh, the first trailer. We haven't gotten a new trailer. I thought they would have dropped the new trailer, you know, the week after Eternals comes out. They did not do that, but Sony, Sony is in control of the marketing, and this marketing strategy is very- inconsistent and weird maybe they just want to hold things close and not reveal because it's the worst kept secret but they did give us a poster uh it's kind of a nice poster yeah it's actually not bad for the first time in a while right the poster finally absolutely confirms that yes there is indeed a spider-man in the movie oh shit i was worried there for a while and there's definitely a power ranger in this (laughs) there is a power no that's not i'm kidding but there's a Spider-Man and what Anthony describe what you see in the poster and what it's telling you. Well, you clearly see first the tentacles from Doc Ock. Yes. You see some stand, stand sand in the background. Sand which would indicate Sandman is there. See some electricity, which would indicate Electro is there. But the biggest thing is you get a very small image of Green Goblin. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 1. It's, he's way in the background, little tiny. Someone has done the old enhance and posted a close-up online. So that's four of the Sinister Six. So you is Venom and, and Vulture in there, too? Well, mm. I don't know. Who are the other two? Also, Thomas Hayden Church, I believe this is the Sandman we're getting. And mm. uh, obviously... Perhaps. Uh, do you think he... Was he in it? I mean, is he actually going to be in it, or are they just going to use the CGI sand? Uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be in it. I think that's mm. the Sandman we're getting. And this is clearly Raimi's goblin costume, so Willem Dafoe. So this is a confirmation... the guy's name, William Dafoe. Will, confirmation of Thomas Hayden Church and Willem Dafoe, I think. More Willem Dafoe. 100%. Well, I mean, definitely confirm Willem yeah. Dafoe. That's crazy. And Mephisto confirmed. And Mephisto's in there. So that's four <laughs> of the six. But yeah, who else? You could throw in the Venoms. You could throw in the Vultures. Uh, I don't know. Do you think they're going to go full Sinister Six? Maybe not in this one, but it's definitely a start. Yeah. I, I, I mean, who would have ever thought we would see that Power Ranger Green Goblin <laughs> come, come back, back 20 I years could, later? And I can't be more excited to see that fucking stupid costume because it is ridiculous, but... <laughs> When you get a close-up and you see Defoe in there, it is kind of also menacing a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, when they close-up and you can see his mouth moving yeah. underneath the, yeah, it's weird. the fake mouth. Yes. It's strange. It is strange, but I mean, that's a great... It's a, I mean, that Spider-Man movie is, is still very... holds up, in my opinion. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the it's first one good. is very good. So, it, also, I'm wondering, this trailer should be coming out soon. What do you think are the odds that they will put in the other Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, in a trailer, or are they going to still pretend like that's not happening this close? We're about like a little over a month away from the I think movie. they're going to do it because they did it in the other Miles movie, so uh, in Into the Spider-Verse. They're going to do the same shit here. You think they're going to put it in the trailer? No, but are they going to put it in the trailer? Oh. Or are they going to pe- leave people guessing that, yes, you know, Tobey and Andrew are in the movie? It'll be teased. I don't think they'll be like fart and center. It'll be teased. Okay. Okay. I mean, that you know, the, this there was a new Ghostbusters trailer, and they also teased, and you hear like fucking Bill Murray and more Dan Aykroyd. But I'd like that tease, like they didn't show them. Yeah, that's a good. It'll way be to off do it. screen, and it'll be saying, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Oh wait, you're <laughs> jumping ahead to the movie here. Oh okay. 
So I have a couple other uh, pieces of news for Spider-Man No Way Home. It is going to be the first Phase 4 Marvel movie to be released in China. It has passed all the censorship and screening approvals. Well, and it doesn't have... People that are Chinese criticizing Correct. That Chinese was, yes. things. That's the big problem. <laughs> that's really what the critic. That's what the the protocol is. Yeah. So Eternals does not get released because of decades old comments by Chloe Zhao. Uh, no, it's like decades old. That apparently there were decades old comments that. Oh, I thought she said something recently, but yeah. Either way, she said stuff. Yeah. Also, Shang Chi. Yep. Simu Lu said something on Twitter. Yeah, more recently. That was the one that was like, I thought years ago that he said, and it wasn't even that bad. And they were just like, yep, you're not, you can't. And I don't know why Black Widow didn't pass, but did we find, do we know the reason why? Uh, I don't know. I forgot. There was something that Marvel was doing. I think it might have been the residual from the stuff that Simu Lu or Chloe Zhao had said. Oh, possibly that they were just like, no soup for you and no soup for you. Mad. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Now that it is coming out in China. I'm placing my money on this movie. It's going to make a billion dollars. Oh, shit. Now it has a possibility to make a billion dollars. Far From Home made a billion dollars. China uh, accounted for $199 million for Far From Home. It made almost $200 million in China, which is crazy. Uh, so uh, it's a, I think it'll be, it, it's going to make good money. Yep. And uh, it burst through. So, and Marvel needed this because they they're hurting. I mean, that's well, the hurting problem the box is actually office. though. You say Marvel needed this. They are. They do make a cut from these Sony movies. but yeah. Sony's oh, making shit. the majority of these. Oh, the money I keep on forgetting these. about that. That's right. I think they get a small cut, but I think it's like twenty percent. But they're not. They're not making the lion's share off of these. Sony's like, we are so happy. There's no Chinese people in our movie. Oh my god. Chinese oh, people that shit. have opinions. Yes, Chinese people that actually have. You can't opinions. have an opinion if you're a Chinese yeah. person and want your movie in China. No, no apparently you can't. Uh, the well, other, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Ni hoi wen ma. Oh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? That's not. That's, that's not, not what, what you said. said. No, I don't know what he said, but <laughs> I agree 100. percent We're banned in China. After what what about I just said. My, yes. What about my mother? What'd you say? Yep. Uh, okay. The other interesting bit of news. This Brazilian ticketing service that's owned by Fandango called Ingresso, they Ooh. have they have listed Spider-Man No Way Home with a runtime of two hours and 39 minutes. Oh, shit. This okay. would make it the longest solo MCU movie and the second longest MCU movie just behind Avengers Endgame. And if you ask me if it's a Spider-Man movie, it should be six hours long, no less. <laughs> So I'm ecstatic about wow. this runtime. What do you think? What do you think about that runtime? I mean, they're going to be doing a lot of things here. I mean, they're going. I keep saying I mean, and I hate that. Yeah, stop saying. Um, <laughs> well, because we just heard something prior to the show that <laughs> might have influenced you. To yeah, say that. I've been saying that a <laughs> and lot. And I think I said it a couple times already. God damn it. I'll cut all of them out in post. No, I won't. Thank no, you. Leave no, it. I'll leave it. The fact that. They have to do all this shit in this movie, and they have all these characters. You need the runtime. You do need it, so it makes sense. If you're gonna do it in a movie that has like a fucking thousand characters in it, you might as well, yeah. you know. If everybody's in the movie, if Imran's in this movie, I'm that's how many people are in this movie. <laughs> oh shit! I just hope Tom Holland Spider Man gets more than like eight minutes in the fucking two hours and forty minutes runtime. Sounds like this has kind of been a trend, right? Yeah. Like. Eternals was pretty goddamn long. This is going to be long. Yeah, they're getting uh, longer and longer. I think Shang-Chi was over just like around 220. Let me just look it up real quick. 212. So that's not as long, but still any 
I'm I'm for it too. Anything two and a half hours, as long as you can fill the time, and it seems like that there's definitely a lot in here. So yeah, I mean, if they were attempting this in like ninety minutes, I would be concerned. But then that's that's well, that that would be Venom. Yeah, that they did that. That'd in Venom, be Venom that's Carnage, just, or whatever the hell that just movie is when called. you have like three characters in a movie, yeah. you can do it in yeah. an hour and ten minutes. <laughs> you, when you that's it, you know, <laughs> with no plot to speak of. Yeah. You can do that. Just Nothing race. to say about anything. Just no. Just race through it. That's okay. Just yeah. keep moving. Don't don't stop the thing. It's one guy talking to himself. <laughs> That's right. So they're pretty much the whole movie. Yeah. So yeah, you don't need three hours for no, that. No, that movie had the perfect runtime. Okay, so I, I again, I'm ninety percent sure. You know, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, all the Spider Men are going to be in this movie. However, there's one Spiderman. Live action that will not be in the movie. And this is a huge missed opportunity. Rugs, you know who I'm talking about. Nicholas Hammond, 1970s Spider-Man. Absolutely. My first live action Spider-Man as a kid was Nicholas Hammond with a big fro hair, uh, shoving it under the mask in the 70s TV Spider-Man show, which was only like after Batman 66 had been around. There had not been another like there was Incredible Hulk. Wonder Woman, and then this show. But he actually, in an interview, he said they never asked him, and he would have, of course, he would have done it. Of course they, they never asked him. They, but they, come on, you're putting every Spider-Man in here. Give Nick Hammond a fucking cameo. Yeah, he should have like a walk-on at <laughs> yeah, least. Yeah, just one line. You didn't even have to just have a line just in the background. Here's what I got to say about that. I remember as a kid renting this live-action Spider-Man. Yep, yep, yep. And go, oh my god! Like they made a, I had no idea they'd made a live action Spider Man, like a real one. And I threw this fucking garbage on, and I was so disappointed with what Damn. I had seen on screen. I was like, this is it's bad. Even as a kid, yeah. I'm like, this is not awesome. This sucks balls. It's, yeah, it's bad. I so, had like a conflicted no. boner on it. I was like, I was, I was Get half happy because they finally got the Spider Man costume on somebody and made him so much across a building. And I was like, yes, I'm getting to see it. And then I was like, oh, this sucks. There's nobody cool in this. <laughs> I, look, I didn't care that he shot a big, thick, giant white rope out of these clunky <laughs> bracelets. I didn't care that he didn't fight like any supervillains. He's yeah, just he fighting thugs. And- there was no, it would always just be like shots of him, like a downward shot of him climbing up. Yes. That, I, I didn't care that you could tell that this was just shot, shot him lot, crawling across horizontally and they just turned it sideways i didn't care i didn't care when he shot his giant web it was like this big white intertwined net it was like a net that came out of somewhere it It was was like nautical rope yeah it was like yeah it was like nautical rope with knots and shit i (laughs) fucking loved it that movie you watched anthony so that was like the pilot it was like a two-hour movie they released they tried to release a movie this show only had 13 episodes in from 1977 to 1979 i think it was the movie i watched even as a kid, I shut it off. I, like, I, can't, I can't finish this. Dude, There's nothing the, happening. That's the most amazing 70s opening theme song. Oh, it was fucking great. He has a big clunky belt around. Oh, just horrible. Uh, anyways, Nicholas Hammond not going to be in this one. One Spider-Man live action that they're not going to put in the movie. They should put in Boo. the Japanese guy that played Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. With Leo. Spider-Man. Leo. What's the, what's the lion's name? The lion? Yeah, he's got a he's got like a big robot lion. Oh, I never actually saw those shows. That's Leo Pardon. Leo Pardon. Yes, that was you. You did an episode where you did the history of Spider Man on TV, didn't That's you? That's right. I think Spider-Man. we did. That was like six years ago, too. Remember doing that? Yeah, it's a good one. Episode 
Like 16. It's a good because all you do is talk the entire time. About and you just sit there and Spider-Man. How is that episode? <laughs> four hours. <laughs> it's a seven-hour episode. <laughs> yeah. Reading the Wikipedia what on the history boy? of Spider-Man. I drove from here to it's Canada awesome. and back yeah. listening to that. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on a long drive, listener, our podcast is the best way to keep you company. And you, and you need Imran to be his, your, your live-action Kindle yeah. and just read a website for you. Look, I saved you eye strain and time. You don't have to fucking... <laughs> Uh, listener, let us know how excited you are for Spider-Man No Way Home. Join the conversation. Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. It is a fun, exclusive, private group just for our listeners. Welcome to the group. Huge welcome to Dusty Martin. Whoa. Join the Facebook group. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining the group. Dusty. 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 That's a good name. That's a great name. It's like a blues player's name. I think of Dusty Rhodes, the fat oh, the wrestler, wrestler yeah. from the 80s. Yeah. That were I think of, I think of gold dust tights. Oh, gold dust too. Yeah, he dust. That's Dustin Rhodes. Dusty and Dustin. Dusty and Dustin. Dustin Rhodes. Gold. You know who Gold Dust is, Imran? No. Ooh. He, he was this guy that painted himself gold and black, and for a while, like in the early '90s, he was supposed to be this character that was like transsexual. Oh my god! <laughs> and he was a villain. This isn't the guy from the Austin Powers movie, Gold Member. I like gold. Oh, I'm looking up pictures of this guy. Wow, look at this makeup. Yeah, so yeah. That, that was yeah. That, that was what was considered a villain. Oh, someone that was yeah. And he, transsexual. He's no like Danhausen. I'll tell you that. Oh, Danhausen pulls it off better. Yeah, I see him here in a wig and a big Philly thing. Yeah, and he wore like a bodysuit where it was like. Uh, now wow. I gotta look at gold dust. Oh, oh my Jesus. god, gold like, dust! You didn't know, like it was like, oh, he doesn't have a dick. <laughs> He kind of has like a Darth Maul uh, face makeup sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, wow, this is a dark part of the wrestling I did not know about. So that's good. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Those are fun times. Fun times. All right, let's move on. I have a couple of news bits about Dune. Some Dune news. Remember Dune? Oh, Dune. I love the Dune. I kind of still, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, that's, that's your movie. I You're like a big it. Dune guy. Now I'm a big Dune guy. Now I got to find out everything about the Dune. I'm into the Dune. I love the lore. Uh, I got to give it to Dinas Villanueva. He got me. He sucked, he sucked me in. But uh, the first piece of new, Dune news I have is uh, an interview with Dave Bautista, who is talking about the role he had in Dune while also throwing some shade at the MCU. Oh, yeah. yeah it's kind of strange. So he was speaking to ABC News about uh, he played Glosso, the Beast Raban. Remember, the Emperor's nephew. That's right. Who uh, you saw him chopping some heads off? Probably will have a bigger role. He's in charge now. He'll have a bigger role in the second movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Batista talking about this role said the thing with this character was it gave me an opportunity to showcase a different type of performance, and that's what I love working with director Dinas Villanueva. I get an opportunity to show myself as a performer in a different light. I'm not just a guy in Guardians walking around shirtless and saying stupid shit. Yeah, so now he's a guy wearing a full suit of armor, not saying shit at all. <laughs> not saying anything. Well, two things occurred to me. Like, yeah, I was like, what? What? Did you want to keep working on Marvel movies? And also, even Batista agrees that like Drax was so nerfed in uh, the movies that even Batista's like, this character is his joke. I'm just saying dumb things. What? Are you, what? Are you, thoughts? A couple of things. Well, first, Rugboy already said the first thing is like to come out and say this. And then say, man, Dune really gave me an opportunity. When you was he even in Dune? Like, yeah, what the yeah. fuck? What are you talking about? You you didn't you didn't act at all. You had like it was not memorable. It wasn't even a memorable like role. Like, and not that he couldn't pull it off because yeah. he was in um, 
the Blade Runner, and he was great in oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it, just this movie is not the one to stick your flag and be like, look, maybe, at, the, look at the opportunity. Maybe I got. they give him more to like in the actual Dune lore. He's got more to do. He argues with his dad a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, he argues with his uncle a lot yeah. about this shit, and he wants to fucking get the Fremen and kick their ass. So like, he's all like animated about that, but. In this one, he he maybe had one scene it like that, and yeah, that he had was like it. Four lines in the whole movie. I <laughs> yeah. can't even remember what he said. And, and the other thing is, while Drax, you know, is is way different than in the comics, that role basically skyrocketed him to it like doing movies. Made like this. Him. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it made him the fucking big MCU guy. Now you and the way he plays that role, but is you can like imagine funny. the way that they pitched it to him. It was like, you're going to be fucking this fucking badass character, Drax even more destroyer. powerful yeah. than the Hulk. He's one of the most powerful characters in the entire MCU, you and he does Thanos. absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, you're going to be the joke guy in all the movies. Uh, hey, he plays it well. He is going to be in part three, and it has started production recently. Uh, James Gunn confirmed, but I don't know if they keep him around after that. He's he said shit about uh, these movies a few times. Oh, yeah. He went off. Yeah. Well, he he got pissed when they. I think he he's been sour ever since they let go of James Gunn. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, and then brought him back. Yeah, but he brought him back, so everything's cool. So why are you bitter now? Uh, I mean, what what do they want him? To, what what does he want Marvel to do? To recast him in a different role? Yeah, I don't know. What, 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 what is, are we not going to recognize that that's him? <laughs> Give Drax more. I, I guess I guess they did recast Gemma Chan. So yeah, it's possible. Yeah, that she was Minerva. I'm, I'm still waiting for uh, Frank Grillo to be Punisher. It's all. Oh, my God. Well, he's going to have to fight Bernthal for that role. Whoever comes out alive, I think you give the role. That would be Punisher. a great death match. Right? Cage match. Punisher <laughs> casting to the death. You would be a good micro uh, microchip. Oh, yeah. The chubby guy in the van. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be you. Oh, I would play micro in a second. I could be like yeah. I could be like the Ned Leeds in the Spider-Man Jacob Pella. You, you could be like the microchip from uh, the one where Thomas Jane played the Punisher. They had the fat guy. Oh, they had the fat microchip in that one. Yeah, what was that guy's name? No, I he think, was in Jurassic Park. Was that the Ray Stevenson? <laughs> that, that one, no, Ray the Ray Stevenson, Stevenson one. Oh, that was a Ray Stevenson Newman one, played yeah. microchip. Oh, Wayne Knight. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely Wayne Knight. Yes, good call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newman. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, you know, yeah. Batista biting the hands to feed him a little bit. What you got there? Uh, yeah. The second, so just a weird movie to be like, yeah. plant your flag and be like, look, look how much acting I, I was can do. able to show myself as a performer, walking <laughs> back and forth on my own two legs and not falling over. Painted, yeah, painted white, painted white, and uh, I was out of focus for most In of this the movie. movie. I'm painted green, and this one, I'm painted white. <laughs> See the difference? Well, no. Again, the irony is, yeah, it's a Villanueva film. That means you're out of focus for fifty percent yeah. of your screen time. You're yeah. in the fucking in the background. While there's some woman like making a noise behind you. Ah! Yes, while well, there's some vocalization. You're- <laughs> the, the last thing too on that is like maybe he does have a bigger role in part two. He probably does. It wasn't a guarantee that part two was just going to get made. Yeah, like he didn't know that. I think he was conf- maybe he was confident, but like they till they got the box office receipts, part two wasn't a given. I do love Batista. Just runs his mouth. It's funny. If you're eight feet tall, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Yes. I don't know how tall he is. Yeah. That is also true. He's 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 a very big man. Yeah. yeah. All right. The other half Filipino. He, oh. he is half Filipino. I didn't know yes. that. That's interesting. That matters. Half, half Filipino, half Greek. Half Greek. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I like it. But uh, so I do like him. But just shut up. I like him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just shut up for now. <laughs> uh, okay. The other Dune related uh, news is uh, Taika Waititi's. New project. So Taika Waititi. Is it Dune related? In a way. Oh, I, okay. I will get to that. Okay, yeah, tangentially. Right. Taika Waititi has been tapped to adapt 
uh, this graphic novel from Alejandro Jodorowsky and Mobius from the 70s called The Incal. Okay. Yes. I bring this up for two reasons. One, One. Do, uh, Ruggs mentioned briefly during our Dune review, Jodorowsky's Dune and Mobius. I want to talk about that for a second. But two, the, every week there's a news article saying Taika Waititi set to adapt this. Have you seen his fucking IMDb page? He is doing so many things and I don't know how he has time to do these things. As far as directing, he is going to be directing for Disney Tower of Terror, which is a movie based on another ride. Nobody cares about that movie. He is in pre-production for the Incal. There is a Taika Waititi Star Wars film. Okay, that, that one is I would probably to. work is, extra nights on. He yeah. is working on a Time Bandits TV show that he's Ooh. directing and writing. And he is directing the Akira live action movie. Never going to happen. Still as director. It's a complete waste of time. Oh, it's and not he's, going to he's also writing the Flash Gordon movie that's Ooh. been announced. He's a busy fucking guy. All right. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not all of this is going to happen, right? I, I guess yeah. not. We'll see, though. Akira's he, never going to happen. He is definitely in demand. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, you give him a MCU movie, a Star Wars movie, that's it. You're here. You've arrived. Jojo Rabbit yeah, was that's, great. That's the thing. Like, if you, you know, people shit on Marvel stuff, but if you, you get the opportunity, you do well. You're in. Batista. Yeah. Freaking uh, James Gunn, freaking Taika Waititi. You can springboard and do a lot, lot of other shit that you, you'd actually want to do and be creative. Yeah. yeah about, so. It's like the equivalent of showing your tits in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, elaborate on that. Just was that, was that the beginning or the end when you sh- showed your tits? No, I think the, you start out by showing your tits, and uh-huh. then you don't show your tits anymore, and then uh-huh. you then you made it. Then you make it. Like Angelina <laughs> you Jolie. You got it. Oh, I get you. what you're saying now. Yes, that's how you get in, and that's how you start. That was how you – like Frank, like Stallone started in porno. You know, that's how you had to yeah. get in. Did he? That's how you get did to he, get it. Did he really? He did. I believe he, it was uh, – Kevin Bacon's yeah. penis was in a movie. Oh, really? Just wasn't It, it wasn't that movie with uh, – the, the where the girls make out with each other and shit. Oh, wild things. Well, I saw wild things. Things. Oh, it wasn't yeah. wild. Was his penis in that? I thought I saw his penis in that. I was like, oh my god, I just saw Kevin Bacon's penis. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Some for the ladies. It's for the ladies. The other reason I want to bring it's really for the guys. Bring this up is Jodorowsky's Dune. There is a documentary that was made in 2013. It's an American French documentary about the the kind of the making. Of and the not making of this movie. So Jodorowsky was the first guy who wanted to adapt Dune in the early seventies, right, for the big screen. And uh, Ruggs, did you know about? I'm just going to mention who he wanted to be in the movie. What I what do you know about this movie? Uh, I saw a documentary, but I forgot it. it oh, was like I kind of years wanna, ago. I want to watch this. So Mobius was doing the design. Mobius apparently did three thousand drawings, yeah. uh, storyboarding the entire movie. But here's who he wanted. To be in the movie, he was going to have Salvador Dali, Orson Welles, Gloria Swanson, David Carradine, Mick Jagger, and uh, his son, Brontis Jodrowski, who was 12 at the start of pre-production, was going to be Paul Atreides. Sounds Holy like an shit. amazing cast. It never uh, happened. Yeah, so, it never yeah. happened. He, uh, he was trying to get money, and the thing fell apart. But the documentary... Sounds so fascinating. I love Check it out. Like it's this. great. It's got some great artwork in there. Uh, Jodorowsky is fucking crazy. He's batshit crazy. But he wrote The Incal, which is a uh, graphic novel. Um, it influenced The Fifth Element a lot. 
it's about a guy who finds the source of like all power in life and stuff. Uh, the the guy's name is DeFool. Yeah, P.I. John DeFool, who finds and he's him- got like a weird ponytail and pulled up socks, like like he's like some kind of a uh, you know uh, British uh, you know. I don't know. He look. He, I, I don't know if it, uh, on purpose he looks like some kind of revolutionary, like British revolutionary with the socks pulled up. And oh, the weird, yeah, yeah, okay. It's by design, but it's a horrible design. Yeah. Um. But everything else in that book is fucking amazing. Like, the artwork, it's just this linear, open line, and he can just draw the shit out of everything, yeah, John Mobius, Gerard. Mobius yeah. is an amazing artist. So, uh, Super he's detailed. fucking badass. So, if he can even make Anything look like that, we're fucking we're cooking with gas. That's some oh, good man. shit. Yeah, make it happen. Yeah, I might have to find a copy of the Incal and Rita. I did not know about this book, and I want to know. Oh, it's been around. It's yeah. people have been talking about. It. They used to put it in um heavy metal. Oh, okay. It looks very heavy metal kind. They used of type to put the shit in heavy metal. Yeah. So back in the nineties, they used to reprint it in heavy metal. That's when I was buying heavy metal all the time. By the way, heavy. I will talk about this later. But yeah, heavy metal. The movie's pretty great. Mobius. Was, there was always Mobius stuff in heavy metal. Oh, maybe I did read some of that. So I must have read the Incal. Okay, it was like based in the sand and shit. But some of the action rugs in the Incal. It's like in the desert. You'll know it's the Incal because people are wearing crazy ass hats. Okay, I think I've seen this. I may linear, have okay. super linear. Once you look at John Gerard's artwork, you'll know. Yeah. You, once you've seen it, you'll, you you can't unsee it. It's, Done. So, uh, yeah, I want to check out this documentary also. Okay, moving right. on, guys. Here's something to look forward to, a little programming alert for the listener. This Friday, November 12th, is officially Disney Plus Day. Yay. They're having a party, Disney Plus. Uh, what do we get? Well, yeah, what's going on? What's happening is on the app and across various, all their social media, they'll be uh, releasing sneak peeks and teasers and first looks the, it's also the premiere of Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings on Disney Plus uh oh. also Jungle Cruise there will be a documentary called Under the Helmet the Legacy of Boba Fett there's a Marvel assembled making a Shang-Chi and the big thing is there's a it's Marvel Studios Disney Plus Day special there's a special that's going to premiere directly on the Disney Plus app 8:45 a.m. Pacific time on Friday uh, you can look for things possibly, probably like Moon Knight, She-Hulk, uh, maybe some maybe a little clip, some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, you definitely think I definitely think Miss Marvel, your your show. Oh yeah, that's the next. That'll probably that's yeah. the next one. Oh, I would love to see some Miss Marvel yeah, stuff. Yeah, Velani. I am Miss Marvel. So there's a video they put out. It just kind of highlights all the shit that's coming out uh, from the movies. Uh, t- Target in locations in Target will have activations that tie in. So it's a big event. There's a Home Alone reboot. Anthony, have you seen this? Home Sweet Home Alone. Oh, uh, that will also premiere that day. I'm kind of curious. It's the little uh, British kid from. Oh fuck! What's that Taika Waititi movie? Oh, Jojo the Rabbit. One with the Nazi Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah. he's the kid in this one. But like, if you watch the trailer, it's like literally all the same beats from Home Alone. Like, I don't really know. Right what they're doing differently but it's just for a new generation so it doesn't look so yeah. dated i guess i don't know i guess you got so the kid has That's an ipad the charm god damn it now it's so dated. so now like kevin McAllister would have had an ipad where the lights are controlled and all this crazy shit like if the shit you can do now as kids to fuck with people that's a lot different i got that ring fucking thing yeah you would just have a home uh like a ring or like a adt 
Oh yeah, you just have a home security app. system, yeah. and you would never like someone that rich would just never allow it to be left to chance. Yeah, you they would answer like you're still there. Yeah. Uh, and then the police know. would be there in like five minutes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that could never happen again. <laughs> home Alone is not does not hold up. I love that movie. That's a great movie. Though. It's a fucking great movie. Uh, also on uh, Disney Plus Day, this is kind of crazy. From Deadline, uh, in a milestone deal with Marvel and Disney, IMAX will supply enhanced versions of thirteen films for Disney Plus. So they're putting this expanded IMAX aspect ratio on Disney Plus movies, which means you will see more of the shot. It's one point nine zero to one is the aspect ratio. So you have, so imagine, what do you mean? So, what's so that imagine widescreen stretches your TV, Anthony, you watch it and your TV screen magically gets bigger. So yeah. So imagine like the, <laughs> the black bars that you have letterbox, imagine those going away and get filling in with more picture full screen. You know, I never really noticed those black bars until I watched uh, justice Lee, And I was like, Oh wait, this is different. Oh, because it was four. Like, yeah, he did that yeah. in four three, and it was square, which is still a weird choice to do. And but for IMAX, so it is that kind of. Maybe it's that. No, it's that square. It's more of a square. I don't know how it's going to fit on the TV screen. Hmm. I probably won't even notice that it's different. To be honest, you'd have to point it out to me after I go. Oh, it was there. I mean, though, there's extra. You're that seems see, like such a non-announcement. Yeah, I know. You're, it's huge, <laughs> but that because IMAX has never released this aspect ratio on TV, you are going to see more of. The they shots. do that because they want you to watch movies in IMAX. Be, uh, yeah, but but it doesn't make sense if you they. You, why would you go see the movie in IMAX if you can see the aspect ratio at home? They kind of want to match the experience, their IMAX theater experience with the home experience. If you have a giant television, you should be able to enjoy the IMAX content. 26% more of the film on yeah. the screen. Yeah, you see more of the shot. So whether there's like extra things you, in there. You, you use less of your actual screen. I don't understand how yeah. that's better. Because it's going to make it more square. So it's going to be Shang-Chi, Iron Man, Guardians, Guardians 2, Captain America, Civil War. Oh, it's a bunch strange. Yeah, it's Thor. thirteen. Yeah. It's thirteen movies more. I think a lot of the newer ones, some of them, because some of the movies are partly shot in IMAX, and then eventually, like the Avengers movies, are entirely shot in IMAX, makes it easier. But man, Infinity War and Endgame, and to see the IMAX at home, the IMAX aspect ratio, that could be fun. I don't know. I guess yeah. I, I'm excited for Disney Plus Day. Yay! Keep an eye out. Go on the app. You will find things. Speaking of Disney Plus, uh, got it. One casting news. They are doing a Halloween special, Marvel, a Marvel Halloween special for Disney Plus, and this will feature the Wait, character Marvel Halloween special. Yes, There's we're finding out about November. it now after Halloween has happened for next year. Oh, yeah, I believe I should have let you finish for next year. It's an untitled werewolf Halloween special coming to Disney Plus from Marvel. The character of Werewolf by Night will be featured in it, and playing Werewolf by Night is uh, Golden Globe winning actor Gael Garcia Bernal. Isn't he an old? That's the dude who's in uh, M. Night Shyamalan's old, I believe, currently. Oh, yeah. He's a good actor. He's done a lot of good things. Sure. Uh, Itumama Tambien, that's where, uh, in Amores Perros, that's where he goes. Oh, man, your Spanish is... Muy bueno. You like it? Say that again. Y, y, y tu mama también. Si. <laughs> now you're trying to throw in something like you're freaking, like you're a Mexican guy. Orale, wey. 
Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyways, he's going to be Werewolf by Night. So we're going to talk about how they're getting into more of these horror characters in the MCU. And this is just another piece of that puzzle. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of these dark horror creatures pop up now because they haven't done them yet. It's the only thing they haven't done. I would like to see a werewolf. Yeah, we see Marvel werewolf. <laughs> He's talking with a Mexican accent. <laughs> Uh, I listener. would like to see a werewolf. Werewolf's nice. You like the werewolf, huh? All right. Um, we have some uh, merch over at our Muchos Tee Public shop. Muchos <laughs> y werewolves, por favor. Los lobos. Los lobos. Armada <laughs> uh, Chipotle. No. Oh, what? <laughs> that, I thought you were placing an, an order. That's for, not authentic Mexican. That's not real. You got to go to Los Bambas. <laughs> oh, Pepe. shit. No way, man. Taco Burrito King number 31. Now I'm thinking about Cheech Marin and I can't stop. <laughs> you got all kinds of pussy. Old pussy. Young pussy. It's uh, the best. Animal scene. pussy. Maybe we'll get that in a Marvel movie. I'm just making things up. I, I feel like that's what he said. <laughs> Pepperoni. <laughs> we got burritos. Uh, we have t-shirts and things with our logo on We can on do them. this because we're minorities. That's, that's why right. We we're, all minorities. Yeah. we're all minorities. We're all minorities. Rug Boy's a puppet. That's like the minority. Yeah, that's of the all. biggest minority yeah. out of all. Yeah, it's yeah, it's less than me than all of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jeff Dunham owns half of you rugs. You realize that. He's like, all right, a, let's not talk about him either. I know. Yeah, I know you don't like that guy. Uh, this is our tpublicshopjogginder.com slash shop if you want to get a t-shirt with Rug Boy's face on it or a hoodie. Or some other swag, merch, mugs, tote bags, pillows. Lots of fun stuff and sales. Buy some shit. Okay, last thing in the news. We did talk about the Morbius trailer last week because it leaked before it came out. But now we actually have the full res, nice quality Morbius trailer. What did you guys think? Does your thoughts change? No. Uh, did you notice anything else? I picked up, you know, it was nice to have the resolution. So you see I, I think things. I I think I watched the wrong thing last week because I swear at last thing I whatever I clicked on last week I only saw a minute yeah and then I saw is, this trailer and yeah. was two and a half no you're going, right that oh, okay. that was only a minute and this is longer so that the got full it. trailer didn't leak this is the full got trailer. it got it okay yeah. I was super confused yeah what'd you okay. think of this uh, extended now you get a good look at it you know it doesn't look horrible it actually looks okay it just looks like something out of that like I feel like I've said this before but Sony's dated. Yeah, they're they're. It seems like they're making movies in the style of like early two thousand superhero yeah. movies. Yeah, they're stuck there for some reason. Yeah, they we just we've seen all this stuff before, and it's just weird that they're doing it in it in an entire film. Like it would be cute, like it would be cute to do this in a Spider Man movie, right? This like origin, blah blah blah. But to have it be completely detached from Spider-Man in its own movie, and be the whole movie, like it's a character that you're going to gravitate to, it's kind of weird. Like uh, it doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look great either. And it's just like I watch it because it's sci-fi superhero shit, and that's what I watch. So uh, yeah, I'm interested in seeing it, but it's just very strange that they would choose to make these movies. I am split on this also. Uh, it doesn't look great, but I was like, oh, you know, the final transformation, the the makeup looks pretty sick. Yeah, it uh, doesn't look bad, the, the, his makeup. Right at the end, and you get uh, a sense of his powers. I kind of like the look of, like, the echo location, and then it looks like he can just catch draft, wind drafts and fly on them uh, in the mm. subway, but only when it's windy. Uh, I, they did name drop San Francisco, that thing in San Francisco, which yeah, I, I mean, assumed was Venom. 
Well, then he, at the end, he says, I'm Venom. And he does make the uh, I'm Venom uh, bit. But uh, again, great horror vibe. I don't know. I don't know. I really split on this. We're going to have to see when it comes out. But it didn't look completely dog shit. Oh, that's the other thing. You see Horizon Labs and you see a bill on the building. It says Oscorp. Yep. You see that. And you that's. See a- that's got to be from the Mark Webb. That's clearly the Oscar from the Mark Webb movies. Yeah, and, and you do see the spider, but then you see the Daily Bugle from yeah, Raimi, I believe. And you see the Sam Raimi Spider-Man on the wall in the graffiti. It's like an amalgam universe. So what universe is this fucking movie in? Yeah, I think at this point, I feel like Sony's just like... I think this is going to be the after effects of yeah. No Way Home. It's going to be yeah. an amalgam universe. Instead of Sony oh. just recreating all the characters, they're just going, you know what, we have made movies with all these characters let's just combine everything so that's crazy because while we're waiting for the mcu to squish everything and win one movie they're already like we're squishing all our sony shit in in, in our movies anyways because yeah and what's his name vultures in it yeah so you have the mcu universe you have the sam raimi universe you have the Looks like uh, oscorp from the yeah, web universe. oscorp from the mark web universe hey maybe nicholas hammond can get a cameo in this movie that'll help <laughs> you all the way. hammond we can get you're all- still championing that <laughs> Nicholas Hammond's got to show up in one of these Please, fucking Spider-Man if, if, movies. God, if I well, see if he's one not... shot of that guy crawling across horizontally and it's filmed upside down, or they want to film down up, that's gonna be, <laughs> got, I'm, I'll walk out. He's got two chances here, Ron. He can either be in one of these Spider-Man movies yeah. or the remake of Sound of Music. Which one? Oh, he was in that, too. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He was pretty good in that. Oh, was he? Yeah. He was like was he role? was. He was the director. He was the crazy director of the movie. With the white yeah, hair. Yeah, the white hair, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was him. That was him, yeah. huh. But again, you got Matt Tarantino Smith. looking out for Nicholas Hammond. I mean, that's the only guy looking out for old Nicholas Hammond. Put him back in the Spider-Man costume. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's... Uh, like how we circled back around. Some of the... To get that? You like that? It's a callback. Uh, I also wanted to bring up... We're going to talk about Eternals, but before Eternals, there's a bunch of trailers. One of the trailers was for Ridley Scott's Newest movie coming out, uh, I think this month, House of Gucci. Did you guys catch this trailer at your screening? Yeah. No, I oh, did it, not. Yeah, I did, actually. I uh, Lady that. Gaga and Adam Driver. The movie looks fucking great. This, this is an Oscar-type movie. Oh, it might, looks fantastic. Yes. Some noms. The craziest thing was I could not spot that Jared Leto was in this movie. Are you looking? At, I'll have this up for the listener. Are you looking at what Jared Leto looks like in House of Gucci? Wow. I was like, yeah, wow. I, I was like, well, that's fucking Jared Leto. He's balding. He's got jowls. He's ch- I feel like I'm looking in the mirror. Now I can say <laughs> I look like Jared Leto. <laughs> I look more like that character than fucking. Imran, you look a little bit like yeah, my ba- Jared Leto now. My hair was receding in front and I had the mustache. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even know when I saw that trailer that that was Jared Leto. No, so. I didn't know either. I was like, oh, oh shit. shit that's well, well, now Jared. we're getting two movies within, yeah. what, six months where yeah. the actors are just doing amazing, like these gigantic transfer. Like we got Jared Leto doing this. Yeah. We got Colin Farrell yeah. being the penguin. Yeah. who's unrecognizable. Also unrecognizable. Wow. But like, so. I feel like Jared Leto can pull out. Now, like, why can't we make ugly people hot? Why can't we do that? <laughs> I could go the other way around. <laughs> yeah, let's how do, do you, it. How would you. Go the other way around. I don't know, but let's try it. I think it's let's just it's more expensive. Like you, like they just cast the ugliest person, and then like the, the like looks like Larry David <laughs> yes. or something. We'll fix and it in <laughs> post. We make Larry David looking like a fucking pop star. Can we do that? I think Not that Larry David's ugly. He's just no. Know, I think that's way more just, expensive than going the other way. That's yeah. you know, the computers haven't been invented. 
Anyways, Jared Leto, surprising. I feel like this performance might get him an Oscar nod. Like, we're going to be surprised. So, I don't know. We'll see how he does as the Michael Morbius. Okay. That's it for the news. Let's take a quick break here, play some promos. We're going to come back and talk about the latest Marvel movie, Eternals, right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Aisla. And together we are the hosts of the Bicurian Podcast. Bicurian is our answer to the polarizing culture we live in. Tired of feeling under siege and looking for ways to get involved? Then come be a part of a different way of thinking. Everything from politics to geek culture to current events that polarize us as a society. We explore multiple ways of looking at things. Please check us out at Bicurian.com and follow us on your favorite social media platform of choice. We'll get you back to your regularly scheduled podcast in just a minute. But we wanted to introduce ourselves. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff. And I'm Blake on this highly produced advertisement. That's right. It's the History of Bad Ideas, a.k.a. Hobie. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast and on Facebook at The History of Bad Ideas. But if you like a podcast uh, roundtable with three to five guests, usually every week, depending on sick leave, uh, talking about all things geek, including movies, TV. I ain't getting paid for this shit. Blake bitching about something and ranting, uh, and comic books and anything else that we can think of. We have a top five list every week, along with a box office news, and somehow we have listeners, so they send us some feedback we answer every week. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, Spotify, and any good podcast app, because if you can't find us on that podcast app, it's not a good podcast app. Damn straight. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Listener, if you enjoy the podcast, consider joining our Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! And uh, you can support the show and get awesome benefits. There is a exclusive RSS feed that has bonus content that's available only to our patreon subscribers and patrons More over show, there motherfuckers you get the show early there's instant reactions tons of bonus content there's easily like 500 plus pieces of audio over there that are only there that have not been in the feed there's also discord benefits we do a monthly discord hangout where everybody hangs out and we're going to talk about fun geeky shit this month, November's Hangout, it's next week, Thursday, oh, shit. November 18th, 8 p.m. Central. I'm excited to just... Dis- this month? It's uh, it's uh, November. Every oh, month. 18th? Then. Yeah. We do it every month. We do it yes. every month. This month, no, and this month is a month. <laughs> oh, this is a yes. month of November, November 18th. Right. Um, I'm excited to talk about Eternals. Hopefully, you guys will watch the Eternals. Come hang out. We can all discuss it. Should be great. Uh, and anyways, other fun bu- benefits, like you can pick a movie for us. To watch and review any movie, check it all out. Jockinerd.com slash Patreon. Jockinerd! Jockinerd! And that, I didn't even have to press the button. Anthony just, I have Anthony so programmed that uh, yes. he's my soundboard. Okay, yes. let's get to the review. It is Marvel's 26th movie, Eternals. Here is your spoiler alert. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Yes, the 26th MCU movie, just crazy, first of all, uh, is based on the Marvel Comics characters of the same name, Eternals, created by Jack Kirby. Their first appearance 
was in The Eternals number one, 1976. They're as old as I am. Oh, shit. Holy shit. You were born in 76? That's old. Yeah. Oh, I just gave away my age. Damn it. Oh, everybody knows. Everybody knows. It's a bicentennial of the country. Great year. Uh, This is also, incidentally, after Jack Kirby (laughs) had worked at DC Comics and created the new gods, which are very similar to the Eternals. It's the exact same Kind of the same thing. Well, did you know this kind of the story behind What's that? What's the story? Tell us the story. Just a quick. So he was, I guess, fed up with Marvel, wanted right. to create his own things, went over to DC. They gave him free will, free reign to create stuff, creates the new gods. They didn't like it. Nobody likes it. <laughs> they didn't like it. So they brought him, Marvel brings him back, and he basically wanted to continue his new god story. And they were like, okay, well, do it. And he, that's why he made the Eternals. And now he's like, I'll just do it again over here. Yeah, uh, but the funny thing is that Dark Side came from all that, and like they use Dark Side all the time. Yeah. So it's pretty dumb of them to cancel the book when you got one of their best bad guys out of it. For so. for what it's worth, his Eternals run got cut short too, so he never got to finish New Gods. He never got to finish his. Eternals I mean, it's run. wacky cosmic stuff. Both of those properties. So well, I mean, uh, n- yeah, the Eternals never quite worked, and uh, the New Gods did. Uh, they still persist into most of the main stuff. So, like Orion is in there. Oh, Dark right, Side's right, in right, there. Right, right, Big Barda. Marva took mo- Miracle Man. Uh, Marvel took more of the celestial stuff, and they were like, "Okay, this is what we're gonna yeah. kind of use from from what you made." And Kirby Crackle is in both versions of these things. Got to have the Kirby Crackle. Hey, he's got the crackle and the pop. Uh, okay, so here's where we get into some numbers. Last week we talked about the early reviews, the Rotten Tomato score. This being the first it's gone down. Right, yes, we were like, "Oh, it, don't worry, it'll change." Oh, it did change. It went down. Oh, shit. it's forty eight percent. Uh, tomato meter out of uh, 307 reviews, average rating 5.6 out of 10. Now, the audience score, ver- this is verified audience score. People have proven to see the movie 80%. A huge fucking disparate uh, um, amount there. Like, probably the biggest in any Marvel movie. So oh, definitely. I mean, it's the first rotten Marvel movie. This is the first rotten. Oh, shit. That, to me, is crazy and kind of doesn't really make sense. I still think it's weird. We will get into that. Anyways, yes, the fucking rating went down. The budget of this movie, $200 million. Uh, they were estimating it was going to open around 75 to $80 million. Comes in just shy at that at $71 million. Still not horrible worldwide right now. It is sitting at $161 million. This is the fourth highest grossing opening weekend since the pandemic began. Puts them right behind Shang-Chi, Black Widow, and Venom 2, of course, which destroyed with $90 million. If you are Marvel, is this disappointing, these numbers? No, I think right now it's it's solid. It's just now, will it have legs? Shang-Chi had legs. Yeah, the it's, word of mouth. got to see what the drop is next week. The word of mouth is definitely going to be interesting uh, going into the next few weeks, you're right. One place where it won't be able to pick up any money is in the Gulf countries. It has been pulled from Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and Kuwait. They, Why? Because of, they say, because of the inclusion of a uh, same-gender couple uh, being shown they're very Muslim and religious. They don't like that. Yeah, but uh, like that. what's his name? Fastos is a robot. That's true. Technically, they're not even real people, so it should be okay. Oh, shit. That's a good point. 
They're not actual people. Oh, is that a spoiler? Oh, you hit the spoiler. It's, uh, we now. already have a spoiler. It's too late, motherfuckers. So, yeah, <laughs> I think, I mean, I think this box office was, a, that's a good start. It's a good opening for them. Yeah, it's, we'll see. It's definitely an interesting, definitely interesting to see how this develops. Yes. Uh, movie directed by Chloe Zhao, of course. Oscar award winning director Chloe Zhao. And also written by Chloe Zhao, Patrick Burley, Ryan Firpo, Kaz Firpo, all working on the screenplay. The cast, real quick, there's a lot of people. There's 10 of them. Gemma Chan as Cersei, Richard Madden as Icarus, Angelina Jolie as Thena, Selma Hayek as Ajax, Kit Harrington as Dane Whitman, Kumail Johnny as Kingo, uh, Leah McHugh playing Sprite, Brian Tyree Henry playing Fastos, Lauren Ridloff as Makari, Barry Keoghan as Druig, and Ma Dong Siok Don Lee as Gilgamesh. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Bill Skarsgård underneath uh, CGI as Crow, the Deviant. Uh, and we'll get into some of the other uh, surprises later. Special shout out to my man, Harsh Patel, as Karun the Valet, probably the best role in the whole movie uh, for me. Uh, and then we'll get into some other things uh, later. They should have cast you in that role. Oh, my God. That is completely what I should uh, what I look like if I was brown. And uh, if I gained all my weight back, that would be me. <laughs> just put a little toupee on. I look just like Karun. Um, Anthony, what happens in the Eternals? How do you summarize this oh plot? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good luck with this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is about a group of 10 people that have been, or I guess they're people, beings that have been put on Earth by a gigantic Transformers looking like God to basically cultivate life on Earth and protect Earth from these monsters that these gods also created. And they're basically there to foster Earth and foster humanity for reasons that we will discover in the movie, and this is a story spanning at least 5,000 years. Uh, You know, it's your basic uh, team gets together, team breaks up, team gets back together again. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, this is the... In my opinion, the most sci-fi Marvel movie they've ever. Oh, done. interesting! Like straight up, just this is sci-fi. Uh, I'm going to start with you. I want to know going into this with the divided critics, with the crazy Rotten Tomatoes score. Did it affect you? And then at the end of the movie, what did you think overall? Yeah, I mean, this is a movie that I was. Oh man, I said I fucking. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> oh shit. Oh my gosh. Uh, this is a movie that I was very much anticipating. I said it on the show that these rotten scores actually made me anticipate even more. I like that there's this kind of divide on the movie. I feel like this is a movie that um, is going to be talked about for a very long time. Uh, it's the first rotten movie by Marvel, yet they have an Academy Award winning director mm-hmm. from last year. So the dichotomy there is just insane. Um, makes no sense. Yeah. So I was very much anticipating the movie. I think... The rotten scores did actually make me enjoy the movie a little more. Oh. It had the opposite effect uh-huh. of like boost. I'm like, oh, it's not like terrible. What are, what are we talking about? Yeah. So overall, opening thoughts, I did like it. It's not without its flaws for sure. I think it's a little bit, it's a lot, there's a lot going on here. I think a lot of this, I think this movie would probably be better served as a, would have been better served as a Marvel plus, Marvel uh MCU Disney Plus TV show. Oh, okay. That being said, I think 
this is a, a big swing in terms of a lot of the, the ideas and the straight up sci-fi that I hinted. I like a lot of the ideas that Chloe Zhao was going for. I liked a lot of the the debate between these robots being like letting marinate on Earth and then discovering why they love humanity and kind of the idea of like the creators creating things and then the creations go up against them sort of thing. And I like the idea of like the memories being stored mm. in this database. Like all those things are really good. Mm are really cool ideas to discuss a bit overstuffed, maybe a little bit too many characters, maybe bit off a little bit more than they chew, but I think this is a very interesting movie to talk about. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Rugs. Well, mm. kind of echo what Anthony said about the, the controversy and the reviews kind of piquing my interest. At first I was like, holy shit, this is terrible. But then I was like, I fucking hate those reviewers. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm, of course, I'm probably not going to agree with their dumb asses, you know. But uh, so I went in with that kind of low expectation, super low expectations. I was like, this is probably going to suck balls. And um, I had no skin in the game for um, these characters. It's not like I these are my favorite characters. So I was going to get all upset about who they cast and whether it looks like it's supposed to on screen or whether it matches the comics or anything. I was actually like, all right. The idea that interested me was like, okay, Marvel's going to take a stab at creation. That is like, you know, that is like fucking a big swing, right? Uh, Oh yeah. So, and I like that type of shit. And, um, I like the fact that it had a serious tone. I was like, whoa, I'm sitting there and watching this movie. I'm like, oh, this is not like a Marvel movie where, it's serious. It's more serious. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, okay, um, I like seeing this era, the symbolism and how it's, they've kind of woven some of these characters into the mythology of humanity. And I love seeing history being represented. Like the the fact that they made Babylon was awesome. And all of that shit. I fucking loved it. I love that. I, and, um, I love seeing a director's vision in a movie, which we don't get to see a lot. It's very, uh, we get a lot of cookie cutter stuff. So on all these fronts, I was really enjoying this movie a lot. And then we come to um, the allegory, which was very, very good. So Chloe Zhao, Oscar winning director. She has some nuance. She has some uh, uh, ways of looking at things. And I found it very interesting. I said, like the deviants represent the unpredictability of nature, like what Darwinism is, like survival of the fittest. These creatures are alpha, uh, alpha apex predators. predators. Yes. Wait, you saw they, the movie twice, right? Yes, twice. Damn you! I, I really want to see this again. So, yeah, I'm jealous. So, the, so yeah. the allegory of that, these apex predators, like kind of evolving, just like in Darwinism, and how like it's basically like unpredictable how things are going to actually evolve and there might evolve not how you expect them to and that's nature it's unpredictable it's like in the suburbs here you have a deer problem you release coyotes <laughs> to get the deer and now you have a fucking coyote problem you got to release like alligators or something to get the, i don't know how you <laughs> right let, let me finish what i'm saying about this here but because uh, i have the opposite side of this and the eternals they they, they represent the opposite of that so they re- represent like the order of society, like civilization, control, like and what's the ultimate form of control? It's religion. Yeah. And religion is always based on a lie. Yeah. And so this movie does that brilliantly and has that kind of dichotomy. It has that kind of push and pull of order and chaos. And that first 
hour of the movie, I was fucking in love with this film. Yeah. Then something happened in the middle of the movie, and I started to like sour on it. And then I did the review. I did my initial review, and I was still kind of high on it because like all of this, I just stuff that I just talked about, like really like got me going. I was like, this is fucking awesome. So I I gave it like this kind of like pretty even killed review on the instant reaction. But then I saw it a second time and I saw like all the stuff that happened midway through the movie on. And I was just like, they're backtracking on all of this in a sloppy way. It's not like, I think that what they're trying to do, they tried to double down on it or tried to add more dimension to it. Uh And they ended up messing it up. They ended up making it a mess. And I try, I'm I tried to figure out where they went wrong. And it was just, I don't know. I, I felt like they had a cleaner, like they had this cleaner version before they decided to reveal um, that they were robots and they were had the memories and all of these things like that allegory of them still works that I just kind of put out there of, of, of uh, the deviants being this unpredictable thing that happens and they couldn't control. And then they put the Eternals there to, to, to establish control that they're all still there, but now it's not as elegant. Now it seems like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. And, and, and I was like, Oh, you lost me there. So um, huh. it kind of had it for a while and it took a turn. And then I started like analyzing it. And then I was like, Oh wow, there's some, it, it gets sloppy because it like dist- it made its own rules, then destroyed them, which could kind of be like meta. Yeah, that they're 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 showing that any god who creates rules or any religion that creates rules is bound to be broken or whatever. You find out that even like the opening crawl to the movie, everything that they establish up until the middle of the movie is a complete lie. Right. Right. So. And then it just keeps breaking its own rules. It says, OK, the Eternals never interfere, but then they do. And then. You, then, then you start looking at that and you're like, okay, the Eternals interfere at these points in time, but they don't stop slavery. They don't yeah, stop they, the yeah. Holocaust. They, they're supposed to like keep life going, but something like Thanos snapping would throw back all of their, their progress sure, for like thousands half. of years. Right. Yeah. And not only that, they're like, well, they have to stop deviants. Well, Thanos is half deviant. Wouldn't so they it's have like, stopped them? Yeah. so it's like, okay. And then, um, then they started do, when this memory thing came in. And they said that they had done this thousands of times and they never in a thousand times that they did it, decided to rebel. Mm. And so this mm-hmm. is the time. This is the first time somebody's and, not done and, it. And, and, mm. and I was like, okay, but then not only that, but they had made, had, they had made this flawed thing like the deviants that didn't work out. And they continued to do the same thing over and over again. I'm like, these celestials are stupid. <laughs> Why? And then the last them? part was, they decided to make the celestials being born on Earth, right? Yeah. Born out of a planet, rip it planet, apart. Yeah. yeah. And then they stop it by freezing it after it shifts all the tectonic plates in the entire world. The whole world would be destabilized. Like, it's in the, like that does, doesn't that like fuck up the whole entire Earth? Probably should. Perhaps. So, yeah, that's so I was just like, and the more I looked at all the things that happened, I was like, whoa, this isn't really well thought out at all. And I said, they, I think they had this great concept mm. and they, they, they had it and they just couldn't wrestle it to the ground. They just, it just kept that slipping out from under them and, and, and throwing them for a loop. Mm, mm, well, so, um, mm, mm, it was a great attempt, mm-hmm, but I don't mm-hmm. think they nailed it. And, um, yeah, so it's, it, it, I was disappointed. I was kind of like, I was like, oh man, I really wanted to love this movie, but, um, I have so many questions. I have so many things that I don't know why they made those choices. And hopefully they do solve them and they do 
have good reasons, but I can't fathom what they are. I so. might be answered, able to answer some of that, but I want to hear what Imran has to say. So, first of all, as crea- creation stories, they all kind of have plot holes, if you think about all the creation myths oh, that we have. You know, they're all, it's all just storytelling. They're fables. They're going to have plot holes. Overall, my thoughts, look, I think I agree with Anthony. The crazy reviews kind of made me enjoy this movie more because of what it's set up. But this is, it was, for me, very different MCU movie. It surprised me. Very ambitious. Uh, I think Chloe Zhao making this movie, there are things that she did that were amazing. But then some of her style also kind of hampers parts of the movie. It's a little bit messy. But when I came out of it, I was like, you know what? That could have been a fucking way messier movie. I was worried about the 10 characters, but I felt like I kind of got to know enough about all of them it was satisfying so uh, as far as the split decision on the rotten tomatoes like i'm with the fans on this one i don't understand uh why it would be such a low score uh but i i and the more i thought about it it really leaves you thinking it like leaves an impression um the more i thought about it the more i kind of enjoyed it but there are plot holes and there's a lot going on there's like a whole like dane whitman you didn't even need him to put him in the fucking movie no, he doesn't. You could have left him out; it would have been fine. Well, he he's there, he's there as like a setup. Cersei's well, a setup, yes, but he's also Cersei's connection to humanity. Uh, like, yes, that's how she she's the the he's a thing that makes her still continue to love humanity. I I I'm jealous that you got to see it twice. I was planning to see it again last night, and I just took a nap and <laughs> and screwed up my timeline. There's a lot to talk about in this movie, which I think first off is great. Yeah. Like I think. This is the first Marvel, one of the first Marvel movies where I'm not like gushing over just how good it is in terms of like the, how I was entertained, but there's a lot of like ideas and thoughts and like analysis. I think to Ruggs's point, I do agree with some of that stuff. Like there, it does get messy. Yeah. Um, I, I equated the Eternals like eventually um, turning on their, hum- on their masters because I think the Celestials are just so pragmatic in terms of like, they don't understand that even these things could have learned to love, but they didn't even understand that these creations, I think the fact that these creations were on earth for 5,000 years, I did the mental gymnastics in my head that they were, it just had been so long that they eventually just grew to love humanity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think, and that's why they started at the end to turn on their masters. And maybe they hadn't done that before. um, This planet was special. Well, maybe they just hadn't had I that much time. I just wish they knew why it was oh. special. I mean, Anthony's well, saying that they've been here there long, and I did say, I think they did say that they've been there longer than other planets. Yeah. They're like, these people are taking forever to fucking get smart and whatever. So um, that could be a reason. I do agree, though, that like, I think that part of that, part of the reason why it kind of falls a little bit is because, because there, so I, I disagree. I think there's too many characters in the movie. Okay, I think ten is too many it's for a, a movie. Uh, where uh, for a movie where we don't know anything about right, these ten, right? Like, I think we're into the third act before we get introduced to Fastos and Makari again, right? Yeah. So, with that being said, I think because there's so many characters and they each have a different relationship with humanity, we don't because there's such big ideas and because there's so many characters, we never really latch on to any like one character and why they really love humanity. Like the most interesting character for me is Druig oh, and really? how he relates yeah. to humanity okay. because he's like the one that's like, I could stop all of this. Yeah. Why are we like doing this? Like I wanted more of that, like of his like personal battle of like wanting to stop it, 
having the mission at hand and then maybe he's stopping things but then he's like stopping humanity from progressing and maybe he learns that he doesn't have to be like controlling of humanity like i think overall there's there's so many characters that you don't get it really a good latching onto of why they all learn to love humanity like cersei's the one that loves humanity but for me like cersei richard madden's character Icarus, he's kind of by design but him even like sprite are like the main characters but to me, they're not the most interesting Eternals. Like all the other, like Thena being um, having kind of like a PTSD yeah, thing that was, was great. like really like See, that, really I don't good. think that was necessary either. Like that was just a they, that meddled things up even more. They they used that as a reason to split them up, mm-hmm. and it was just like a weird thing thrown in there. And I I don't know if it added anything more to the movie. Like her being having those weird memory things. I'm like that's unnecessary. Like they could have just been like, hey, we we accomplished the mission. With all of the deviants are gone, but we can't leave because anything could happen. And the Celestials are like, no, we can't leave. You never know what's going to happen with the deviants might return. So stay I there. Mean, it was a kind of a clue as to what was happening, but I, I saw it as like just the crushing weight of the memories is causing this mental illness. Yeah, that's what I saw. Uh, yeah. And, you know, that that maybe they've been alive much longer well, than they think. I, I also saw it as like when they're like, oh, we're going to mind wipe you, basically, like we're going to erase it. It's like wait, you don't value the life that these guys have like kind of developed. Like their lives right. are like literally so meaningless to celestials that they've put them in this memory bank. But like they actually were like living like emotions and things and seeing things and like actually feeling what it be. They were becoming human. Well, and and yeah. the celestials just kept taking that, taking it, yeah. taking it away from them every time. It's just weird because like I, when I my first viewing, I, I viewed the Celestials. I viewed this movie as an attempt at a at a god story. It is a, it is their creation myth, absolutely. Right, but then I number one, there's more than one creator. Number two, we've seen dead Celestials in the MCU before, like Eagle, the Living Planet. Nowhere and, uh, is a, the head of a yeah, Celestial. So, so like we know that they're that they're killable, and not only that, but they can be killed by their own creations very easily. So it's like I'm like this is like all a lie. This is they're they're not really gods. There's there's definitely something beyond them, and um, I think this is all this it's a bait and switch. Like this because this creation story it doesn't hold a lot of water. It doesn't really make any sense that they that they need to do all these like convoluted el- the things that are not elegant. Like, Cause you think nature is very elegant, right? Is it, in, no, in how it works. Sometimes it's messy and not, and not uh, elegant. Well, no, I mean, everything came from one explosion and then over the years, things you know, gravitated towards each other. That's as simple as you can get. Well, there, and, and as the, elegant as you can get. There is also, they're dealing with the, the conversation of evolution versus intelligent design. You right. know, it's well, kind of both things are happening. Well, we're the we're part of the intelligent design. The humans, the, the the organisms that are that that do things like pollute the earth, like you know shit that you don't expect. Right. That's it. it not even it's against their own self interest to do it. And 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 I think that that's what they were trying to get at in this kind of like allegory here. And they did get at it at some point. Like, but it, it, I think that as I said, they overcomplicated it, and then the message gets muddled. With all this other stuff, like the downloading the memories and the memories coming back, and then the the fact that uh, that these celestials make the same mistakes over and over and over again, 
They, I mean, they've done this thousands and thousands of times. Like, how many times are you going to put deviants out there? Like, they, they don't they don't listen. Or maybe this yeah. is the first time they've never listened, but I mean, they've been fighting for 5,000 years. They could have friggin', uh, you know, uh, done something. So I feel like the Celestials were all powerful, like a god is, you know, like, and the fact that he's going to come back and judge them by, based on reading their memory banks. He's uh, the Ereshem, the judge. That's what he does. It That's just, yeah, job. It it just doesn't. Yes, it it makes sense in a Marvel character that does that's not actually God in in the comics. But when you're trying to set up a creation story, um, it does. You you have to at some point acknowledge that no, we we pulled the wool over your eyes. This isn't a creation story. These are not actually the creators. There's there's something else. It is funny because he basically goes, yeah, we made the deviants, and then they, they we fucked up and lost control, so we made you. You're made of the same things. I did love the scale. How they showed the scale of him, like the first shot where you just see his Everything head looked great. Hey, the, they are so so many things looked amazing. In so movie. huge, it was uh, just fucking wild. Yeah, you know, for me, the ideas in the movie are, are the most interesting part, and we can debate like how, how well they execute. I agree that because I agree, I, in my opinion, the ideas don't always work out because I think, as mentioned earlier, I think there's just it's too overstuffed with too many things. Like, yeah, I would have preferred in hindsight, if you introduce like Avengers works because you get a solo movie of every character. Guardians works because it's half of these characters. Yeah. Each of these characters basically deserved like their own story, like to tell the story of each character's growing, each character evolving and growing to love humanity over the span of 5,000 years yeah. with 10 characters in a movie that's two and a half hours, which is long, yeah. is still not enough time. Yeah, I can't. And I think that's what I think the weight of all of that, plus the ideas, plus the fact that it's a Marvel movie, I think you can see that the movie is a little bit like it's overstuffed. Like there's too many things going on. It, 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 it is busting at the seams when you look at it from like a, like a, a view, like, you're not up close, but you're looking at it from like a yeah, bird's eye and you, view. And you need some of these things to be fleshed out to actually pay off in the narrative. So like even in the end of the movie, right, where you have um, uh, what's it called? Who's the girl? The Cersei? No, the other Sprite. one. The Sprite, who's in love with uh, Icarus. You know, Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. But they never alluded to it ever. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And, and maybe they did in the subtlest of ways that subtle, I didn't pick up. There were subtle things that they did. But. But there, there could have been like a scene, like that was just visual, right? Of, of kind of something to kind of hammer that home that she was really in love with him. Well, one quick clue was that when they got married in India, the shot of the the crew standing there, everybody is smiling, and Sprite has this sour look on her, on her face, like "fuck you, Cersei." Oh, but she that. always has a sour look on her face. Yeah. If they would have made her mirthy every other yeah, time, and yeah, then yeah. then it would have it would have hammered that one home. But I, she's yeah. always like had that pouty I look. Did. On her she, face. she also. Oh, go no, ahead. I just enjoyed Sprite's uh, frustration of she's like, "Why did they make me a teenager? I don't get to grow up." That's this a beautiful. Sucks. That's such a great like a thing. And then, then, then I'm like, "Well, if they're robots, why did they make her that way? I don't know. Why did they make any of them that way? Why did they make <laughs> I mean, one was did Asian one did Indian?" The most egregious thing, and it's it's by the way, it's great that they, this is represented in the movie. But why did the robots? One of my friends goes, "Why did the robots make a deaf person? Why did fuck up? <laughs> why make a deaf person? I think in the comics, in, it, it, she, it's, they're not robots. Deaf? In the no. comics, they're not robots, so it makes no, sense. They're not. Well, they're then not in the robots. comics, they're actually from Olympia, I believe. Yeah, Olympia is made, a lie, but yeah, yeah. But the whole thing was a lie that they're Olympian gods. 
well, the, one of the things I see, I, I liked, see, that's another thing is I, first off, I like the idea of this kid being stuck as a kid and like living for 5,000 years and being like, I can't like all, all of my peers got to experience yep, humanity yeah, in a yep. way that I never got to. Yep. But they, first off, again, it's an overstuffed movie. Yeah. There's just too many if they characters. didn't do that turn, if they if they took out that scene where Cersei finds out the master plan, that all that stuff works better. Yeah, but that's the yeah. big exposition dump. That's the but, fucking but all, truth. You need that. Also, I think I don't know. This is maybe me just being critical, but I don't think that actor, that kid actress, was very good. Oh, you didn't like uh, some people say think she's the best part of the movie, but uh, I thought she was pretty wooden. Leah McHugh. My, my biggest one of my bigger grievances is. So I like the idea of the Icarus being... He's, Icarus is basically Homeland. Or Superman, right? yeah. Oh, we've seen well, this character no, no, many he's, times. He's Homeland. <laughs> oh, he's, yeah. the good, he's the good soldier that will do anything for the cause right. no matter what. He's devoted right? to the Celestials. He's devoted to the cause. So it makes a ton of sense that at the end he turns on the Eternals. Yeah. What doesn't make a lot of sense is he has 5,000 years to be loyal to the cause, but then in the moment where Cersei is trying to freeze Timumut or Timumut, yeah, he remembers the one time he fell in love with her and goes, that one moment overrides the 5,000 years I've been loyal to the cause, so now I'm going to join you guys. His turn, I think, was too way too funny. It's because quick. Chloe Zhao puts a beautiful montage flashback package together. That'll turn any bad guy. That was a nice montage. It was, but, but you're right. All it of doesn't a sudden, make sense. he's like, oh wait, I love her. and uh, I love her, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm fuck gonna... off and fly into the sun. I never really feel the, felt their relationship. Uh, no, the relationship wasn't good. Uh, chemistry. I thought I, I just had think... more chemistry with uh, fucking Dane Whitman, with Kit Harrington. Yeah, I think that I, I think Gemma Chan is, is is gorgeous. I thought she but was good I felt like this. she was so restrained. Yeah, one hundred percent. That I, I wanted to fall in love with her. Yeah. I wanted to like really like, and I was like I, and, and you don't want to know where I know her the most was for the show called Humans, where she played a robot. Oh right, and so she had no feelings there. So I was like not knowing what to expect from her in this, and um and I've seen her in other movies like Crazy Rich Asians and this like that stuff like that, but like not on screen very long but so i figured oh this is the movie where like i'm gonna be like all about Gemma chan and i was just like oh i'm like they didn't really have chemistry like they, no, they didn't. i didn't feel it so that that, that kind of could have been better but but she I, was she had to carry the movie i 100 percent agree like and people make a big deal like Marvel having their first like sex scene. Yeah, and, that like, was huge. That sex scene is so dry because <laughs> those two characters don't have much chemistry. And Cersei is the one you're supposed to fall in love with because she's the one that's in love with you as the right. as the viewer. Right? right? She loves humanity. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I I question maybe her her performance or maybe it's just they didn't give her enough. To, like again, I think maybe it's just because it's overstuffed. Like I, you don't. You don't ever really see why she's in love with humanity because Dane Whitman's character is barely in the movie. Yeah. When Dane Whitman, like when the deviants show up, Dane Whitman's reaction isn't like, oh, my God, what the fuck? It's like, oh, yeah. Well, but he would have been, he's been here. he's used to Thanos and a snap and a bunch of crazy things already. It's the MCU. I know, but 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 if you're if you're dealing with a movie with gods and there's no wonder to the gods, like every human is just like, eh, <laughs> gods, it's like. Okay, I mean, well, then, like, Thor. Uh, why do they I, know why would Thor. I view He's a god. These... They were like, yeah, this is a Thor. I don't know. Whenever I watch a movie, I ask myself, could I have written it better or could I imagine a, a better written 
thing that does the same thing that introduces his characters, introducing introduces theology into the world. And I said, you had it up until the middle. And then all that other stuff that you put in there didn't need to be there. And it still would have worked much better. It would have been so much. And you would have had a lot more room to beef up these, these relationships and do the, and do these things that you need for the emotional weight of the movie. And so I don't understand. I think it was one of these things where they have to subvert your expectations and they have to add a twist to something, or I don't know if it's by the grand design It's like, as I said, I think this is all a, a bait and switch. They, they, they're touting this as a creation movie for the Marvel universe, but they're really kind of like doing what, what they did with the, with the time uh, core or whatever. The, the TVA. Loki. Oh, yeah. yeah the, the TVA and Loki and all that stuff. They're, they're like going, ah, we're just kidding. Like, you know, these guys just die and they're just big people. that are trying to make their own. They're, they're sucking up humans. You know, we put in the seeds and just suck up the humans and we stop them. So good, good on you guys. So it's like, I feel like that it's a bait and switch. I think the next movie we're going to find out though, it was all like these celestials are not really all they're cracked up to be. And there is a, a higher order. And there's always a higher order than what we talk about because we think Infinity Stones are bad. Well, no, they're nothing here. Yeah. And then we think that's bad. Well, they're nothing compared to this. And they just keep mm. kind of stacking the deck higher and higher. And um, it would have been cool if they just would have stuck th- stuck with this and not done that. But I feel like they almost have to do that. Does this movie? I felt like this movie kind of works as like a standalone movie almost. What do you guys think? Would you agree? I, I yeah, I agree. I mean, I think. You know, despite the criticisms I'm having, I still am like very much applauding of the fact that Marvel is trying something Absol- different. Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. I remember being in the theater and, and like legitimately, like not hyperbole going, wow, this feels a lot different. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, and I, I'm like, I was like Rugboy, definitely, where like in the first hour, I looked at my friend, I'm like, this is awesome. I was, see, I was never bored. I, was, I thought it was compelling. I was glued to the screen the whole time. So I, I was definitely glued. I was just, I could just, there were some things that I felt were more interesting than others. Yeah that because of the movie was juggling so many things, they couldn't pay attention to the things that I thought right. were the most okay. interesting. Okay. I've given it a lot of criticisms, but I want to give a couple of like, you know, good on There's you. There's a lot of good things. In Zhao. Yes. I, as I said, the first hour of the movie, my jaw was dropped with like just the beauty of the creation of all of the cities, like the ancient cities and how everything was handled. Like that shot, that's, after Babylon, where like someone's doing Chloe Zhao's, uh, not, not Chloe Zhao, uh, Gemma Chan's hair, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it's like all like kind of like through like lights peeking through, yeah, yeah. Well, she oh, always 100%. manages to find the lovely twilight hour to shoot the right when the sun's going down. There's just so there. much beautiful stuff, yeah. and the celestials are freaking great. Uh, I love the way a lot of the powers were handled. Uh, I think Makari was probably the MVP for me. She's badass, dude. Like that was the best. She was badass. Like I was like, oh, this is all. I love watching what she's doing. Like, what a great that. way to use a speed power, right? Just fucking repeatedly random than into they people. do it in any other. Oh my movie. god, Flash! I've never seen it on the Flash. Just keep hitting them back and forth. Yes, that's what you would do. I, although I did get some, I did get some Man of Steel vibes and some Snyder vibes oh, from, from a lot of this. Oh, as well. absolutely. From I- I- Icarus was uh, completely like super. There's a lot of shots that look just yeah. like out of Man of yeah, Steel. Yeah, he's floating yeah, up they, in the sky with the sun behind him. Like th- th- that's actually a good Man point. I, there was a reviewer that I saw that was like, I don't know if Chloe Zhao, like Chloe Zhao and Zack Snyder are not at all the same director, but she. It seems like she was inspired oh, by some I of the Man of Steel was, stuff. Yeah, no, I think she says in an interview she was inspired by Superman. I don't know if she says Man of Steel. 
exactly, but it has to be in her head, you know, the that image. It's crazy, but I mean, it was a different, as I said, it didn't look anything yeah. like Marvel, it looked like so, DC. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. it looked completely different than Marvel. That's the other thing people language. are saying. It's like a DC movie. Let's talk about some of the things that make this not like an MCU movie because I felt the same. I was like, this is like a standalone movie. It's very different. You said the first sex scene, that's different. Uh, what's his, Richard Mann was definitely thrusting in that sex scene. It's just funny. <laughs> also, I think if you're like a, I, I mean, the sex scene, that, that that's such a, that's, that's, such a, that, Yes, it makes it different, but that's not the one. That's not okay, why you go, man, why, this is way different. It's, it's the first. Uh, bigger, I think, is like the first same-sex kiss and a great representation of an LGBTQ family. That And they've got the most representation I mean, out of any movie. Like, Okay, I that, that, was that also makes it different, but that's not the reason why the movie's I'm just, different. No, I'm run. just saying these are some firsts in an MCU okay, movie. Okay. Uh, seeing it. ancient history, Rugs. Some of those scenes were my favorite scenes in the movie, actually. The ancient period scenes. Oh, yeah. The the fucking genocide scene where Druig, you know, he's the first one to, to snap and change his mind. And Babylon was well, amazing. That, that scene. No, it's not Babylon. It's t- There's two of them. Yeah, yeah. Or, two different or Mayans or something he, like that. I can't remember. Yeah, they're the Mayans. And, the, and, that, and that was a uh, the genocide Spaniards are, actually happening. Yes. Yeah. See, that was to me. I was like, this is like if you. If you had a like a series and you went just went, went okay, let's follow Druig from yeah. here because he's ability like yeah. fuck this. Yeah. What are we doing? I'm watching genocide and I I have the power to stop it and you're telling me I can't do like anything. Like a 12 episode series where one episode is devoted to each character leading up That's to like a thing. Exactly Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. But that so That's exactly and I believe that is the first eb- uh time the first instance of genocide on the planet was that. And they yeah. were did, you, did you also catch that Druig and Makari have a thing? Yeah, uh, Makari or yeah, it was Makari. He's always uh, winking at her. Yeah, yeah. There's they, there was some kind of like stuff going on there. Also, direct connections to Greek and Roman mythology. I kind of did love how not only Greek and Roman, a bunch a, of them, a, all of them, Middle East, Sumerian, yes, all of them. Gilgamesh is from Sumeria. Gilgamesh mythology. is the original superhero story Absolutely. from Sumeria. So all of them did interfere and inspire or in an influence humanity to make these creation myths. There's a creation myth that goes with Thena. Of course, God is Thena. Circe also Ajax is a thing. Uh, Icarus is the, I love how they're like Sprite made up the story about that. He flew too close to the sun. <laughs> well, he did. Yeah. Yeah. At and he flew right movie. into the sun. Um, yeah. uh, Kingo, I'm sure there's a fucking uh, Hindu God that he's based on, but they all, no, he's actually, I believe a Chinese. Oh, he's Chinese. Fastos also is a Greek Hephaestus. Uh, Makari mm-hmm. See, is that's one. another thing. Fastos is, is responsible for the atom bomb. So, like, there's a great story yeah. there of him becoming a pacifist, yeah. but like, it's it. There's just not enough time for it to marinate. Where with with that, where you're like, he's a pacifist for so long. He that gave, you get to see that. He happen. gave man the plow. That's how we got the plow. <laughs> yeah, I. Th- <laughs> it was sure. <laughs> I think the plow. Well, this is the thing. If you really think about it in context. The whole purpose of the Eternals was to actually get them to fight each other because fighting each other is the thing that ultimately leads to progress. War, like yeah. war yeah. is the ultimate progress maker. Like as you're fighting for your life, you have to think about solutions quickly. You can't make all these differences evolve, don't matter. Yeah, like we let you quicker. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So they're actually on the earth to make people fucking hate each other and fight each yeah, other. Well, the issue is there's only two of them that knew. Whoa, Ajax was the only one that knew the real mission, and then she lets Icarus yeah. know. Ajax knew the, the whole rest time, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, she, she did. knew the whole time, but she becomes inspired to help humanity yeah. because she sees the lengths that humans would go to save humanity by reversing the snap. Yeah. 
they, which I yeah. thought was also that's, interesting. That's a great. That is a great uh, frame of mind. Yeah, they like they fucking brought themselves back. I you know, there's a lot of theories actually online because that Thanos is a deviant. Yeah, that he actually knew the Celestials were doing this, and that's why he was wiping out half the population because the basically intelligent life is like the incubation food for right so he was babies. trying to stop the emergence he was right. trying to, he was stop, trying to the, stop emergences across all the galaxy yeah yeah see that's kind of interesting too to think about that okay can we just talk about kingo let's just cut to the fucking chase. <laughs> fuck you i need to talk <laughs> about camille najani and karoon i mean the perfect comic relief makes sense why well okay there's a couple things that do make sense and don't make sense he was the needed comic relief i like how there wasn't too many forced jokes the humor was kind of subtle it was organic it was great i love how he plays himself as generations of an actor throughout bollywood for a hundred years it's so funny he's like that's my great-grandfather that's my grandfather and i also love the story where he's like he became an actor because of sprite and her illusions and telling the tale of gilgamesh in babylon but then but then my boy kingo fucks off during the last battle yeah, he just disappears what? i was like whoa bro where are you going he is on icarus's side he is still devoted to the celestials and the plan but he's like i don't want to hurt my friends and i'm gonna fucking leave and i was like okay no but th- see here's the thing here's my problem with that i don't have a problem that he leaves yeah. i actually think that's interesting that he leaves. It kind of is i think it's really interesting yeah. that he leaves the only problem is Two things. One, they established that they need all the Eternals to create the Uni Mine. He's not there. Oh, yeah. Two, at the end, when they do save the planet, he they see him again, and it's not like, what the fuck, man? It's like, oh, hey, how's it going, Kingo? Yeah, yeah like... They don't acknowledge <laughs> there was no left. There was no time to them for them to talk. They got snatched by Urshim. Cersei gets stabbed in the back, and then she like rewards the girl like, uh, oh, yeah. with yeah. with being what, getting exactly what she wanted. You know what I also thought was weird is like they made this big deal about this knife and then they never went back to it. Oh, yeah. That's an actual artifact, too, that but she gave that not, the uh, a knife is like the, the kickstart to humanity. The evolution. Not use, or yeah, evolu- yeah. Not using, using rocks and stuff. Right. Using yeah. real tools. But and yeah, that, they never went back to it. I thought it would at least come up once or something or like or uh, it, it, I don't know. I just felt like it was going to be something at the end or something like I was like it was like that. uh Chekhov's gun, you know. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my biggest one of my bigger grievances. Again, I actually like the movie, so I like the movie too in a lot of ways. I like the first hour a lot, you know, and Mm -hmm. I like and I like I like I like the first hour and I like some of the action sequences towards the end and uh, just the general overall acting and tone of the movie. I liked a lot, so I didn't hate it. I just was just like pissed at the at the end of the movie for sure. No, I, 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 I see that because I, I have, so I have definitely criticisms. One of the other criticism I have is, um, so the deviant storyline. Uh, yeah, very underdeveloped. Well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely underdeveloped. But so these, there's this one deviant crow that's sucking in the powers and basically becoming aware. Right? Did you even know he had a human. name? No, I didn't know. No, he no. But and then he, he, he dies. Well, the thing is, is like, <laughs> so I, I enjoy Thena's like PTSD stuff. I thought yeah. that was interesting. I like. The relationship between her and her and Gilgamesh, like I thought that was kind of cute that he's like protecting yeah, her. That was keeping great. Her. Yeah. He's basically like her nursing home yeah. nurse. But uh the thing about Crow and that storyline is like so Crow becomes a like more self aware and he's like, fuck the celestials, like fuck the eternals. They've been like extinguishing my rate. Like they've been performing genocide. Like they're yeah. performing genocide. Yeah. And then at the end, 
like he's having this conflict with Thena, but he should have noticed that they, the Celestial, or the Eternals now were going up against the Celestials. They're essentially right? the same, fighting the same So they were now. essentially fighting the same cause. So I thought at that moment, it was like, oh, now the Deviants and the Eternals are going to be together. That'd be kind of cool. They should have been because they're both against the same thing, yet I don't know why that character's one-track mind was so uh, focused on killing Thena. And they're like, made like, of the same things. He was trying to absorb everybody's power. He's going around trying yeah, to absorb everybody's power. But at that moment, if he kills Thena... It means nothing because that planet's about to blow up. He should be on the eternal yeah, side. Yeah, he should be helping them try to stop. I feel like that, that character was completely wasted. Yeah. Bro, you're referring to, right? Yeah, yeah, I just, I really wish they would have just. And then she slicey dices him up. Yeah, I th- really wish that instead of doing the whole thing where they stay on Earth for 5,000 years and just hang out, that they all go to sleep and then wake up when there's more deviant activity. But. They don't know that the deviants are like maybe laying low or hiding underground and they're actually evolving into smarter things. Mm. Yeah. And then they make their presence known and then they have to go back. That way you don't have to worry about them sitting out slavery, sitting out <laughs> World War Two. I not mean, doing but I kind, about of, that, I kind of appreciated you know? like putting yourself in their their mind, like the frustration of being stuck, waiting to see what happens thousands waiting of years. Not home. Yeah, waiting to go home, not being able to help, but then they kind of do here and there because you're going to get fucking bored. And just imagine the weight. How would you keep 7,000 years of memories in your head straight to begin with? That's crazy. Yeah, You no, just I- forget about it. Like, I don't for, I don't remember, like, when I, the first shit I took. Like, I just don't. I don't remember the beginning of last week, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, but, no, Crow was definitely, I, I think Crow could have, I think Crow could have been a much more... It would have been a cool character. Dope character. But again, there's just so many characters. Wait, back to Kamel real quick, because remember how we we talked about how once you're in with Disney, you're going to go in? We're going to see more Kumail. He is in the Obi-Wan Disney Plus show. Oh, shit. As an uh, undetermined character, but he's uh, he's joined the Star Wars universe. And he was talking about how weird it was to love Star Wars and be in Star Wars, like how you have to take yourself out of it to forget you're in Star Wars. (laughs) The great thing about Camille now, he's like, now he's like huge and he's still got that, like, like that voice. <laughs> yes, he kind of does sound like the Kermit the Frog. He's got a little Kermit the Froggy voice. You, you know, another thing, though, that I did like is because we don't know these characters, I watched them when I was watching the movie. I'm like, I legit have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. I have no idea which characters are going to die. I have no idea who's going to turn on who. Yeah. Like, I liked that, like, these characters aren't ingrained in society so that you can kind of fuck around with them and kill one of them and kill the other one. I, yeah, it's wide open. I thought yeah, they're, in, they're then them hanging out was great. Like their interactions are great. I love Karun kind of being our human point of view character and just like all this stuff is happening around him. And like you needed that because everyone else is a fucking I like Karun, but I think you needed a real like he's a caricature of yeah. a human being. Well, you know, Dane Whitman, <laughs> Whitman could have been the have POV been the character, but they didn't, they decided not to do I that. I think it should have been Cersei because she's the one who's supposedly the most human right, out of all right. of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, from what I Her know about Fastos. the comics. Yeah. yeah. So, and then Fastos, you know, obviously later on, but um, yeah, just would have helped a little bit. I don't know. Uh, let's, so I did a pre look, like you said, Anthony, I didn't know where it was going. I appreciated the twists. And like, at one point when you find out what the plan is and the fucking thing is coming, there's a giant hand. I'm like, how the fuck are they going to stop this? This is crazy. But the twists I thought were great. The first twist being Ajax 
when they show up, she's dead. That really threw me because I remember right. the trailer and that where she's having the conversation with Richard Madden. And, you know, that comes later. So this now sets up like a fun murder mystery. And then the second twist being the real like reason. Watchmen. Yeah. It turns into like a Watchmen. It's like Watchmen yeah, is flashbacks, is Watchmen. murder mystery, yes, who did it, yes. get back, get the band back together. Yeah, it's all the that same shit was thing. all Get here. the band back together. And it's one of the guys in the band that actually and, yep, created the one mystery. of the bad guys. Yeah. That is actually Watchmen. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty I, I don't know. I thought it was. I, I was going to say that earlier, but I I was waiting for the moment. And then uh, the other twist being the real reason the Eternals are there. That kind of blew my mind. I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, and that's right from the comics. And then Icarus turning on them. And we find out he actually killed fucking Ajax. That shit was, I thought that was crazy. Again, back to the murder mystery. You know, I, I think like Chloe Zhao was a good choice in terms of directing. But then also like, I think the script in terms of how overstuffed it is, didn't do her any favors. Like I think they, they cast her because she's really good at like a lot of these, like making you sympathize with Mm -hmm. characters that Mm -hmm. like maybe not on paper are the most sympathetic characters. Like for instance, nomad land, the last is this, this lady that's a nomad that works for Amazon, right? Like, right. But you, but she's really good at like those quiet moments where you can like just hang with the character and these, on these long shots and just like connect with them. And I think they cast or they, they hired her because essentially you have 10 robots that have been living for 5,000 years. Like how the fuck do you connect with any of that? Right. So like, I think that's what their intent was. But again, I think I heard this from another uh, YouTuber, and I definitely agree. I think you could have made instead of doing ten characters, I think you could have easily done five, maybe seven, and just combined powers with a few of them. Like some of the power sets, yeah, are like kind of ex- interchangeable. Like yeah. you could have just had Fastos and Camille and Johnny have the same power. Yeah, I mean, it's not one makes things and the other one fucking one makes guns, shoots, the other one makes shoots things. Technology, yeah. right? Like I think it's just too many characters. They cut. It was gonna be twelve. Apparently they cut be too. There were going to be more fucking characters. So Whoa. they actually did cut some, but yeah. So I mean, I thought she handled it all pretty well in terms of the, the relationship and the drama stuff. Now rugs, you said something interesting. And I think this is where her, her, her directing style is uh, hampering it. Yeah. Great, beautiful outdoor, lovely on location shots. But then when they're fighting, maybe it needs to be a little bit bigger than like under a canopy of trees to have an action scene. Yeah, they like th- like all of uh, uh, Athena's scenes are, are are fighting in tight quarters, like on the ship, in a cave, uh, <laughs> you know, in the dark. Right. And then all that that whole scene that happens in the Amazon or wherever the fuck they are it's is in this canopy of rainforest and. Uh, you got like you know you, you got the deviants that are green. You yeah, got some the of it was green. Follow because it was and all the same. I saw kind it of. in Dolby, yeah. which is supposed to be the cleanest screen ever. Yeah, and it looked a little. I was like, it looked a little gray. Yeah, it was a like muddy. gray sure, yeah. and muddy. Yeah. So, but then though you have those shots in the beginning of the film yeah. that are just so fucking amazing. So. And the space shots and all the that space stuff, shit like, is great. The dome is, is fucking, cool. I like the ship. I thought the yeah, ship was cool. all of it was. Was great. Like, you know I love that, the. Go ahead. Sorry, I just love that they used the, like the location and yeah. all of that stuff was great. That that Amazon scene. So I liked the Amazon scene because I thought there was like real like monster horror vo- monster ah, movie uh-huh. vibes. But that moment when Cersei makes the um, deviant into a pl- yes, tree. Let's talk about her powers here. Well, so she makes the deviant into a tree, but. I get what happened there. Like it was like an awakening, right? Mm. But I, I, at when it happened in the moment, 
I didn't understand that like that was a big deal. Well, because earlier when they're when Karun is shooting the uh, documentary video, we learn she mentions that she can't do it with sentient she beings. She can't yeah. turn sentient beings. But, she can't. But what change I their thought mind. had happened was she just turned the water into wood. It, there was water? Yeah, everywhere. and then it looked so like then, a tree it, all of a sudden. Yeah. Right. So like it didn't hit me like, like oh, it man. impaled that thing in the tree. Yeah. So right. her, her powers either she unlocked them or they evolved or got stronger. Or, or the deviants aren't really organic and like they aren't. Or they're not so. sentient. Yeah. So let's talk about that moment at the end when finally they make the Unimind also from the comics. And uh, I kind of love how they're holding down Icarus with all the chains. Like, that was kind of cool. Well, they make the Unimind. Mind yeah, what you. was that about? Like, it was like uh, Fastest was like, I couldn't wait to get my revenge on you. I'm like, what did he do? That was so he bad. Just, he, <laughs> does, he never trusted Icarus. I don't know. He just I never liked this one. Anyway, she, Cersei finally, <laughs> she as the fucking giant head of Tiamat is coming out and it's all yellow, just like the comics. She turns it. I thought it was snow, but she turns it into marble. But it looked like it was ice, but it's marble. I think it was, oh, I thought it was ice. Yeah, no, it's marble. She transmuted it to marble. And now my. And I think that that's really weird. Well, now my question is nobody's going to notice a giant fucking head and hand coming out of the Indian Ocean. Nobody, uh, this isn't a problem um, for Not anybody. only that, but this fucking giant thing is going through the entire it's, planet. Yeah, it lives inside the core and it's breaking up the planet, but it's frozen. Now don't, she don't sealed it. Don't think about that. She don't sealed it. <laughs> I mean, it's visually stunning, but I'm like, now there's a giant like, head. It's got to knock the, the Earth off its axis. At minimum oh, absolutely like, it's, it's not gonna spin the same heavier. way That's, i like this yeah, gr- gravity would be all <laughs> fucked up i like this detail how the celestials had six eyes their creation like, why not vaporize it like or something or so turn it, it into exist. she's turned it into flowers she could have turned it into yeah. butterflies the celestials oh. have six eyes the deviants had four eyes and then eternals and humans have two eyes kind of like a chain of evolution there again i liked the movie but here's another inconsistency so we don't really <laughs> understand what the power like what they're really made out of for instance makari is just fucking running icarus Icarus through the walls right like he's he's she's just beating the shit out of him yeah but druid can sneak up behind sprite and hit him in in the head with a rock and she's knocked out (laughs) or you could just stab cersei with a random knife and you know right there isn't a very good uh you, you can't really imagine what these beings are because they just they don't give you it's very inconsistent what what how they get hurt, they bleed. Yeah, but then they, they, then yeah, they, they, he, they break their own rules They're all the time. They're immortal, I thought. They're not immortal. Well, definitely not immortal. Well, but they're eternal because they... I thought they were immortal. They can be killed. that means. Uh, funny moment in my theater, I will point out. So the theater was kind of crowded. It was Thursday. It was all right. It was like mostly crowded. But the scene where Cersei, you know, the, the bus, the double-decker bus in London is coming and then it flips and Cersei turns it into flowers. Like yeah. me and everybody in the row next to me we were all like, whoa, what happened to the people? And then it cuts to the shot of the person getting up. And everyone was like, oh, okay. Because at first I thought she just fucking killed the people that were That's in the fucking too. bus. And everybody said it out loud. I was like, wait a minute, the people. When when the deviant shows up in the in, in that first in, scene, yeah. In that first scene, Dane says to the girl, she, He's like, I thought you killed all the deviants. I'm like, how does he know he about told, the deviants? She, I thought, yeah, that was, I thought, didn't they tell him everything or not? Sprite everything? told him. Sprite told him everything. Sprite, Sprite was telling him things. She was running her mouth. Sprite was hanging out with uh, Cersei the whole time yeah. and just like illusioning herself into different things. Yeah. She's an older woman in the bar. That's kind of fun. Yeah. No, no, I saw that. But like, and I know that they were having this conversation when they were making out and he, she gives him the ring that whatever. The black. Oh, yeah. We'll get to the. That's from her uncle yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 
But um, no, Sprite, t- had, I think I told Whitman everything. Yeah, he was telling her, like, hey, Sprite tells me all this crazy shit. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Whether to believe okay. him or not. Okay. So, should, should we get into the credit let's scenes? Let's get to the two credit scenes. Let's start with the first one. So, first of all, here is everyone at the end of the movie. So, dead are Ajak and Gilgamesh and Crow. However, I got, we'll come back to Ajak in a second. Um, Icarus fucks off, flies into the sun. Who knows what the fuck happened to him? Uh, Theta, he's dead. He, he might be dead or he may be on his way to fucking back to the celestials to tell on them. I don't know. Athena, uh, Druig, and Makari go back off world into the domo to search for other eternals to free them. And uh, while Cersei, Kingo, Fasos, and I think Sprite remain on Earth initially. Uh, Dane Whitman is about to tell her, her the big secret. Fucking Arishim shows up and plucks Cersei, Kingo, Fastos, and I think Sprite. I don't know what happened to Sprite. I don't think she he pulls Sprite because Sprite became human. Oh, that's right. Sprite is now human. Okay, so he plucks Cersei, Kingo, Fastos, and he's like, I'm going to check your memories. We're going to go back, and I'm going to return for my judgment, and the whole world has seen a giant fucking god in the sky well, why is he judging it like he obviously doesn't care about the humans they're just batteries well he's got to make a decision he's judging it be, well he's judging he's it never be, cared about any other life he's judging to see if that was a good decision so he's going to look at their memories to see if humans were worth saving because if them stopping you, you basically it, yeah. saved humans to to you basically didn't allow five other planets to be created. But in, but, but in the vast universe of the Marvel universe that we know is full of aliens that are full of life and, and full of customs and all the things that are just, just as good as us, that we're not really any different than them, that I, I just find it weird. Like, if we, if this was in a vacuum, I'd be like, okay, because, you know, we're the first people that they've ever seen that ever act like. But we know the Marvel universe is full of, pl- like, un... On yeah. millions of planets, populated planets, and people. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah. like, okay, so this has never happened before, like, or, or I don't know. It just was very strange. Yeah, my my friend Rex, who I saw the movie, this was like, that is weird. Why is he judging them? Because he's Erishem the Judger. That's his. Well, job. That, not that not that he's judged, like, <laughs> yeah. not because of that, but like just the way it comes off. It's yeah. like, oh, I will judge you now. Yeah. It's like, no, you fucked up. You should just kill them. Yeah, you were about to just <laughs> blow up the whole planet. You, yeah, like, you just, you basically killed his brother. <laughs> and you could and and like yeah. that that was one of the bigger ideas too is like you're saving one instead of letting millions birth yes, out of this dude. like so yes. they're gonna go and they're gonna free all these other e- eternals and I guess stop uh, the world from expand the universe from expanding basically yeah they're, they're going up against the celestials I have what some they're doing is they're things. valuing yeah. life at hand right now and they're gonna throw away yeah the universe is gonna die because the if the, if we're to believe the celestials. The only way more Our universe can be life. created is because All of right, these Kang, seeds. come here and fix this shit. So Kang's going to come up. Okay, anyways, first credit scene, we are with Athena, Druig, and Makari in the Domo, and there's a little bit of, it looks like a Star Trek transportation device. No, wait, 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 before you even yeah. go there. They, they're like, we haven't heard from the other Eternals yet in a while oh right it's been weeks yeah we should turn around and go back and then that's when they when this starts then trek you thing. then you see a star trek thing you hear a voice it's clearly Patton oswald then you see pip the troll little troll like creature uh obviously voiced by Patton oswald i was like it's fucking Patton oswald and he announces the next person coming in it's fucking star fox oh shit eros uh thanos's brother played by pop star Harry Styles, 
Who's also he's also an eternal. Uh, who is also an eternal, and his power is making people fall in love with himself or each other. He's a very horny eternal. Uh, and he's just there. He goes, I know where they took him. And he has one of the gold orbs that they use to contact Ereshem. He's like, we can go help them. I know where they are. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. So thoughts on that one. That one was crazy. It's setting up a uh, lot of things. I think that's cool. The Star Fox is there. I think it's cool that they're going to go help the other guys. I just hate the CG on that. On Pip the Troll, it, it was a little. So uh, bad. It's one of the worst CG things I've ever seen come out of Marvel. It, yeah, it does stand out like a sore thumb, especially amongst all the other stuff that <laughs> looks gorgeous. out of it, yeah. I totally, I, I had read a spoiler that Harry Styles was Eros and he'd be in the movie. Oh, shit. Um, but I totally had forgotten that Eros was going to be in the movie. So when this troll comes out, I was literally like leaning into up in my seat. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and great. then they're like, Eros, the brother of Thanos. I'm like, holy shit, the brother of Thanos. <laughs> so I don't know what it means. Um, but yeah, I'm intrigued that they have the brother of Thanos in this and... I, I know nothing about the brother. You know, of Star Fox is also connected to Adam Warlock. It can lead into Guardians and uh, a lot more stuff. Like where did they come from? It looked like also Pip was thrown through the fucking thing. Like Star Fox <laughs> he, like stumbles thro- through. He threw him through first. He's like, "Go announce me." Uh, I thought that was funny. Okay, so then at the very very end credit scene, and Patton Oswalt gets to finally be fully MCU. Yeah, not just in uh, Agents, of, Agents Shield of Shield as uh, Agent whatever. Because it wasn't he. Uh, He's Modoc, he was dressed also. up as Wolverine. Well, he was dressed up as Wolverine on yes, the, on Jimmy the late Kimmel night shows. years yeah. like before the MCU. He's all, he's a huge yeah. nerd. Obviously, you know he did that whole diatribe of like Star Wars and Marvel uh, on the one show. Uh, but he was also Modoc voicing Modoc. But now he's got uh, MCU proper. And then the last credit scene, you were back with Dane Whitman, who's got a box. Uh, with a, uh, it's a very medieval long box. He opens it up and then engraved in Latin, it says, death is my reward. And I forgot what he said. He said something like, uh, well, I hope not. And he's, and there's a, there's a sword in there. It's wrapped and he, his fingers get close and you see it kind of undulate almost looks like symbiote type material on the sword. And as he's about to grab it, you hear a voice going, are you ready to do this? This is. The ebony blade. Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure right? you want to do that? Okay, first, there's a lot to fucking unpack here. This is the ebony blade, which is uh, the blade that the Black Knight character uses. Rugs mentioned that Cersei tells him to go uh, and talk to his uncle, make things right. His uncle was also one of the Black Knights. Dane Whitman becomes Black Knight. Essentially, all of Arthur and Camelot exist in the MCU. In fact, I think the Eternals knew them. There's a joke about Arthur thought Sprite was cute. And Thena has Excalibur. She's playing with. Uh, it's on the ship, on the Domo. So this is how they set up the Black Knight. Now, when you heard that voice, we know who it is. Chloe's always told us. Who did you think it was? Saying, "Are you sure you're ready to do that?" I had no fucking clue. At first, know? I thought it was Wong. Wong. I was like, I thought I was like Nick Fury. Is that Nick Fury? I thought it was like because I had read that the Black Knight has like some like it's like a evil spirit so i thought it was just like a the spirit of the black knight just tolling him are you sure like he's like he's basically like a like a venom type situation oh, okay you know and it's the thing is it's so open-ended and vague there's no way you would have guessed this if it wasn't for chloe Zhao coming out and confirming that this is motherfucking maharshala ali's blade geek boner who said that's that so line. random well that's so it's random kind of a, why would you why would you like it's a force the force connection they're trying to yeah. black knight and blade actually do 
the Ebony Blade. There's some kind of connection. His history is crazy. It does kind of delve into the horror blade side of things. I forget why. And also with Gore, the God Butcher, and Thor, who also has a similar black blade. But there's something with this blade and a connection to the symbiotes, I believe. It's a wild fucking convoluted uh, backstory of the Black Knight. So I don't know how they can do this. But yeah, they're just setting up a bunch of things now. Uh, but it is so weird that it was fucking Maharshal Ali's blade. That's weird. That's I would have rather him picked up the blade and then and then turn into do- the fucking Black Knight. Yeah, and then cut. You know what? What I would have rather had is giving a fuck about Dane Whitman. Yeah, that would have helped too. <laughs> yeah, it was just weird. I had to tell you about my family secret, and then, right. then she's like, "Oh, never mind. The movie's over." I'm like, "Wow, oh, the movie's couldn't... over. There's no time." Like that's so like. <laughs> shoehorned in it's like oh by the way i'm a cool character too yeah. don't you don't look me up and it's like no you should have like either not had him in the movie or if you're going to have him in the movie given him a better role so that we would have fallen in love with this character so that we would give a fuck that he's about to become the black knight because no one knows who the fucking black knight is so right now i don't even care nobody cares all I, all i'm looking at is fucking ned stark this, going yeah. oh ned stark is a superhero so this is an uh, an example of a marvelism that is hurting this movie because clearly they're shoving this thing it is completely shoehorned well, in to get not to only the that, black though, but not only that but marvel's done that way better yeah. they introduced characters that are obscure and made you fall in love with them in tons of other movies so what do you think was the uh you think it was this producer producers just shoving shit in and like like you know, Chloe Zhao is writing some of this movie she's directing this movie she's writing it with some other people but do you think that this is outside influence like marvel trying to come because this is like one of the movies where they stepped away a little bit let her do her thing it might have been like you could do whatever you want but we're gonna tack shit on at the very end okay sorry we gotta throw this way you gotta do this one post because it is at the very end and it's like a fucking well uh, but it's it's that that character that's in the movie too yeah it's like it's it's like okay we're gonna introduce this character and then we're going to throw the blade in there at the end yeah so it's weird. like a it's a, it was a strange you thing don't really do. you wouldn't know it's the ebony blade you wouldn't know any of this uh maybe that's the yeah, point the whole line too like what rugs mentioned where he's like i have to tell you my secret it's like by the way i have a thing too i don't care you about, about your about secret <laughs> i don't care like, about your secret too late we've gone it's just you, you want to know what it is it's like and i hate to like be the old fucking bastard it's like you didn't have the internet to look shit up like back in the day. So you couldn't just tease something like that. You couldn't like it, you, people would just be like, what the fuck are you doing? But now like Marvel's like, hey, we don't need to explain it. They just going to look it up on Google. <laughs> and then like, they oh, do. And everybody feels like all fulfilled. Like, oh, I know what the night. black blade is. Oh, I know what the Emily blade is now. I see. So, yeah, here's the, okay. So setting up things, are they setting up a black knight? So blade I, I, out of the two. Yeah. Just for what it's worth, yeah. I like the first. Oh yeah, the second one the is almost a wasted fucking postcards. It's not a waste. It's just it's just because it, it's definitely setting up stuff. It's just not executed all that well. Mm-hmm. The first, yeah, the first postcard scene is fun. Harry Styles is. Uh, it's cool that okay with throwing a new internal in there. Yeah. All right, yeah, you got pop stars in the MCU. They just got to redo that CG. The only yeah that CG was bad. The only thing is like. I know that Thanos is a deviant in the comics, but I don't think they've ever established that in the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me question, like, is he an eternal? Is he a deviant? Because the the shit we've seen with the deviant so far is nothing like Thanos. Like, they're just fucking wild animals. Yeah. And Thanos is like the smartest motherfucker in the universe. Yeah, well, he's half. He's got a deviant gene, so it's half. Yeah. 
but what were they doing when he was doing all that shit? I don't know. So just throwing that out. It's a good point. Those are all good points. Um, here's a theory. So maybe will we see Arisham when he sees the memories? Doesn't like it. Does he? Is he the one to send Galactus? I will kind of want to see uh, the Celestials fighting each other. Like, did a Celestial kill nowhere? Is that- well, you know what? The um, Galactus in the comics, I think they made this pretty relatively recently. I, I, I did some research. And Galactus is basically was retconned into not just an eater of worlds, but someone that was balancing the Celestials. Oh. So he was going and finding planets where the Celestials had put their seed and was those were the planets oh, he was he, devouring. He is. Oh, shit. He was eating so the he eggs. he was hunting celestials. He was eating celestial eggs, basically, right, before they right. popped. To balance the universe. Oh, that's interesting. So that might be where mm. they go with Galactus. And then the other thing I thought of now with the fucking Tiamat peeking out, does this disturb Atlantis and cause Namor to be like, hey, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Up there? He's like, why is Tiamat's dick in the middle of my ocean? <laughs> my living room was here. Now there's a giant robot penis. What the fuck happened? I'm going to investigate. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. Also, does Sprite still have her powers when she becomes human? So another thing. I think she so. does. I go and no. But she gets to age and be a person. Oh, that was another thing I thought of was like, these characters are 5,000 years old. Yeah. They cast this little girl to be Sprite. How are they going to explain this in the next movie? And then they and then they were like, oh, we'll make you human. I'm like, that's how they're going to explain it. it. <laughs> Marvel has thought of everything, there's, Anthony. There's no way she's going to look like that in the yeah, next movie. Yeah, they're going to just recast her as somebody else. Um, okay, I, anything else? I There's an interesting story before we rate the movie. Uh, apparently, Selma Hayek has confirmed she has signed on for multiple Marvel hmm. uh, movies. Hmm. Maybe flashbacks. Uh, maybe flashbacks. Maybe she no dead. Hmm, so maybe she comes back. <laughs> Say that again. She no dead. Maybe she no dead. <laughs> maybe she no dead. I thought she was. Uh, she did a good job as Ajax, uh, Prime Eternal. But now there's a new. Well, I guess she's not. Cersei's not Prime. We'll find out whether this gets a sequel. I mean, the story has to be continued. It's gonna be. Said they're coming back. It does say the Eternals will return at the very end. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. I would love to see them make another movie, yeah. but I don't know. We'll see what the box office says, because if they don't, then I don't even know where these where they would stick the Eternals and other shit. What's the probability of of um, Icarus returning? Because he's the lead Eternal. Yeah, he was. I mean, he had a lot of screen time in this. You got to know him a little bit. Well, lot. in all the comics yeah. and anything. Uh, I don't think he's dead. I think he went. You think he's dead? No, I don't think he's dead. I think he went to Tattletale on them. Uh, being conflicted and try to figure out what the fuck to do. Well, he turned like good by the end. Yeah. So I thought he was dead, but I did. I didn't know that he was the lead eternal in the comics. So he's probably coming back then with that information. He gonna come back. You think he's coming back? <laughs> I don't think he'll be back. I don't, I don't think he'll be back. I no. think it's weird that he won't be back. I mean, that was a I, weird it's sad decision. that yeah. I mean, it's sad that Gilgamesh died. I really I thought that was a great character. I liked them all. I liked all the characters. Did you catch, by the way, before we rate it, did you catch the little Game of Thrones Easter egg? Well, oh, I wanted to mention that one meeting they had. I, they were in the same scene briefly. Is that it? Yeah. They, well, they meet. But in Game of Thrones, when Ned Stark leaves, uh, what's that guy's name in Richard Madden's character? Um, uh, Rob Stark? Rob, Rob Stark. Stark. Rob Stark. And John when Ned Snow. goes oh, you mean, to, yeah. to the north, Rob Stark goes to him, next time I see you, I'll see you in black. Oh. And in the movie, wearing black. he's wearing all yeah. black. He's the John Snow. He says that, not Ned Stark. He says that to John Snow. Right. It meant, you know, because he'd be part of the yeah. the watch. Right. But 
He's actually wearing black in the movie. They were talking too. about Eternals back in, uh, in Game <laughs> of Thrones. Yeah, that was cute. It was kind of cute to see them together, like again. But it was such like a brief scene. It wasn't a long time. It was just in that first scene. It's just so weird. Like those characters, I still define them as the Starks. Yeah. yeah. So when they're on screen together, I'm like, oh, this fucking is Rob the Starks. Starks. <laughs> He's gonna get killed. One of them's gonna get de- decapitated. Okay, Anthony, <laughs> let's start with you. Final thoughts. Give us a number. Where would you put this in the? 26 movies of the mcu yeah sure so um as as many criticisms as i had of it i again i did like this movie and the more i let it marinate the more i liked a lot of the ideas that they went for i really appreciate that i feel like in phase four marvel's taking swings like for instance this i felt like loki was kind of a swing in a different direction uh wandavision at times was definitely a swing even shang chi definitely a swing the only thing that's like not really a swing was black widow Mm -hmm. in terms of like actually going for it but this one for me is the most the biggest swing they've ever taken the most ambition they've ever had ambition doesn't always equal to a a great film and this is certainly not a great film that being said i appreciate the ambition i like that they're trying things and i like that they're kind of like not afraid to maybe go a little bit out of what their audience is expecting so hopefully this continues I would rank it in the top half of Marvel mm. movies out of 26. Mm-hmm. I think I had it in the top 13. Okay. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd give it a seven and a half out of 10. Okay. And I think they had potential real greatness there, yeah. which is why I was so hard on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Rugs. I really liked, as I said, the first hour of the film. I like a lot of the ideas that they put forth. I really think that whatever they had to do to do this kind of like, uh, subvert expectations oh they're robots oh they're in this the number one a lot of these things are incongruent to the actual comics and so the changes were unnecessary in a lot of ways and i also think it weakened the overall thematic punch of everything um i didn't understand why they chose to do these things and um it kind of the more I thought about it, see, I, I wanted to go. I, my biggest complaint when I first got out of it was like, okay, some of the shots were, were muddy and some of the, the story was overstuffed and there's too much in there and they didn't need to do that much. They could have just trimmed it down. But then the, when I saw it the second time, I was like, wow, there's all of these cool allegories that were there that are now kind of muddy. And you could say that they're doubling down on it. You could say that they're making it even more impactful. But at the same time, I feel like it weighted down. So. I can recommend people to go see. I think people should go see it. But I'm going to give it a six, and that's oh, the highest shit. score I could give it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, did any did this anybody remind you of Dune? Parts of this reminded me of Dune, and like the opposite of Dune in a weird way. Like where Dune, there wasn't enough given. This was like too much, but I had that. Yeah, I, I see the Dune right? comparison in that. Like, there's just a lot. There's a lot going on. There's there a lot, lot of lore. material they're tackling. Yes, there's yeah. A, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. A lot of lore, mythology. Well, this movie tried to do it. Yeah, Dune didn't right. even try. They tried. Like, <laughs> Dune, Dune like Dune wasted a lot off. of like, just a lot of uh, a lot of screen time. Never mind on, about the witch cult that has yeah, Jedi powers. Where, like, whereas Eternals was like, we're gonna take the mythology and we're gonna add like all these other things to it and try to like do as much as possible. Dune was. From what Ruggs is saying, yeah. Dune was like, we have all this mythology, but we're only going to focus on like three We're going to give things. you 2% yeah, of it. But, right I, but I do think that Dune is more of a sound film. Mm, mm, I, think it, I think it just, it, it, it doesn't break its own rules. It doesn't, it, it, it keeps mm, to what it is. Mm. It just, you're not getting the full story and you're not getting the full idea of what's going on. Right, you, right. You're kind of getting cheated out of some stuff. Yeah. Here, it's like, 
they had this kind of elegant idea and then they just kept on throwing shit on top of it. And you're like, Oh, I want to get to this stuff like here. Like there's too much parsley on this. There's a huge you know? pivot right in the middle, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I just wasn't like fully on board with that. But um, it, I do think that like, just like Dune, it was doing something that was just very, very rich. And, you know, you know, I would say the mythology is just as rich. Wait, where would you put it in the 26 movies? Where does it fall then for you? Oh, just kind know. of in a number. I don't know. No? I mean, no. it's it's not the worst movie by far. I would rather watch this than a lot of Marvel movies, but I don't think it's in the top 15. I think it's maybe a little bit further down. But um, all right, was it 24 it's movies? 26. 26. Yeah, so it's better than about th- I would say at least five or six of the Marvel movies. At least by easily. Let's just get this out of the way. It's definitely not worse than fucking Thor, the Dark World, and the other lower rate. I don't understand the fucking Rotten Tomato score. Better than Captain Marvel. It, yes, it's better 100%. than Captain Marvel, Black Widow. There's there's actually more conversation to be had coming out of this. Film Absolutely. Than, than all those so my score for that for that ambition for that big swing. I'm kind of with you, Anthony. I enjoyed that they were trying to make something different, and they kind of fifty percent succeeded. Some of the Marvelism holds them back, but. Uh, as it works as a standalone movie, it's a, it seemed more adult. Like, again, I, did I say like, if you were 10 to 12 years old, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to dig this movie because it's not no. like Shang-Chi where there's martial arts everywhere. But I love that we saw a new tech that we'd never seen before. The designs were great. The ambition was great. I, I was surprised that I did get to meet as many of the characters and Kumail is in it. And I still, <laughs> it does have tons of plot holes, but all creation stories do. I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, but here's the thing. There's a lot of eights in the MCU, but I agree with you, Anthony. There's easily 10, 12 movies that are better than this. It's not the best. It's not their worst. So it's like right in the middle. It's like number 12 or 13, because I can tell you 10 movies off the top of my head. That's better than this in the MCU. Let me, let me ask you guys one quick question. We've all agreed that this isn't the worst Marvel movie. So why did the critics rate this the worst Marvel movie? I feel like... um there's a lot of different things depending on how you're tuned to movies. Mm. So if you're going in to try and in, in like, connect to a character, like there's not a lot because they said you can't really connect to anyone really, really well. Mm-hmm. So some people might not get invested in the characters, and and that might, there's a long run time that's also uh, there. There's if you're going there for action, there's not a lot of that, and it, and and it, it the the action that it does have could be in the dark line. What confuses me is some of these same reviewers praised her and they loved her just up until Nomadland. And they're, you know, they, they were, she was their critical I don't dollar. know why the turn is so bad. Like it didn't, it shouldn't have a 48 on Rotten Tomatoes. It should be more like a 70 something. No, And, and the you thing, it, what I found curious was like when it first debuted on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it was like in the seventies. And then like, I feel like reviewers saw everyone else's review or like, they just there was like this this like beat to like okay well if this it's it's on its way to becoming the first rotten marvel movie okay now it's rotten okay let's keep it rotten like, I getting, felt like there was this momentum to oh, like shit they're getting off on all, that we're all gonna like now like shit on this is the one we're gonna shit on I read this interesting opinion piece I think it was from Variety or Hollywood Reporter that it's because of Chloe Zhao and they're kind of like either punishing her for selling out or. Th- that she she didn't do enough of Chloe Zhao. I don't know. I feel like it has a lot to do with Chloe Zhao and her hmm. 
Really? You think it's that I personal? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a very strange. Like, it doesn't make the score doesn't I make think sense it's, to me. I think it's a long movie. I think that um, uh, that it does have a strange twist in the middle that can be off-putting. And um, I could see how you would find it messy, but I thought it wasn't and, that yeah, it could be. And if you're a cerebral reviewer and you look for, like, a lot of these reviewers are looking at the script and whether it makes sense you could really pick this apart if you wanted to. It's you could really easily nitpick a lot of this. Sure. What's weird though uh, is so, those, those cerebral reviewers will then lap up a movie like Black Widow or like uh, Captain Marvel, and there's like, oh, oh right, representation. Well, this is amazing. yeah, because that's obviously it. I I don't know. I think this is supposed to be the most uh, whatever it's representational movie. It's too diverse. <laughs> representational movie. So I don't know if that's the ax that they're grinding yeah, or whatever, or, or if that's too like much diversity or if it's like they're, um, I don't know. I don't know why they defend. I think it was at the stakes were different. I think also I don't know. Yeah. it seems personal and just so there's something going on. I, 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 definitely, no. I definitely can see why people don't like it. I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it worst. gets a 40, a 40. No, that, you know, tomatoes, honestly, that's this weird. just means that like half of the critics loved it. Half of the critics didn't basically, you know, basically, it just yeah. comes out looking bad on the Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I'll tell you what, number one, it's a lot like what we've seen before in DC movies. Like it is like justice league. He's got a Superman, you got a flash, you yeah, got wonder woman. And, a lot of the fight sequences look a lot reminiscent of Wonder Woman, look reminiscent of Flash and the Justice League. So it's like it could seem like. Eh. Although I also thought the yeah. Ma- yeah. Ma- the Makari how they showed her speed was unique. It was it was kind of they did do something right, different. but like to that's just like not enough. Yeah. yeah. Also, it is like I I did see this too, in that it's kind of like Justice League in that. Zack Snyder took the approach of deconstructing mm-hmm. the gods, mm-hmm. the hum- and this movie is basically that, right? Like mm-hmm. they're yeah. they're deconstructing the gods. Shit, you got you got evil Superman in this. You yeah, got evil you Superman, have evil Justice Superman. League. Yeah. Wow, it is a lot like fucking Zack Snyder's Justice. It is, it's well, like it's a lot like Watchmen and Justice it, League put it together. Is. Yeah, so that, I, that, yeah, wow. But, wow, but that doesn't necessarily surprise me because Chloe Zhao, I feel like, is a kind of a cerebral. Like, I don't think she would have signed on to do a Marvel movie if they were like. Make a fun Marvel movie, right? Right. Like I think that's probably why she came on. Is they were like, no, like you're going to get these characters and you're going to get to like have these gods and you're going to get to deconstruct them on screen. So have at it. And that's yeah. probably why she got. To, she was like, yeah, I'm I'm in for that. I mean, they did make something that's supremely conversationable. Like you want to talk about these things, put yourself in in their place. And these, she's these- she's not directing Ant Man. Yeah, yeah. No, you know. So I think yeah, that was part of the why. Like what what was appealing to her. I don't know. I, I, you could make this movie work and I don't know. I feel like, um, when, especially when you're on top and you fuck up a little bit, and this isn't even like a huge fuck up, but it amplifies your fuck up. You don't think it works at all, it, but it kind of does work. Could work. No, I'm not saying it's a big fuck up. I'm just saying, but it, it's enough for people to be like, Oh, Let's knock the person off the horse. Yeah. Publicly, public, yeah. I mean, uh. the the public can look at the score and be like, "Oh, well, Marvel fucked up." I think it's going to make more people go see the fucking movie. Looking at that score, I maybe. So too. Maybe. Okay, man, good stuff. We could talk about this movie for hours. Let's do some news from the nation. 
It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. Oh, someone stinks. It's a hot one. Someone's balloon deflated. Sad. It's like the end of a birthday party. <laughs> oh, it smells like shit. Oh, in here. no. Oh, light a match. Uh, oh, wait. We're still going to talk about this movie because I got a couple of comments from our listeners and our Facebook group. Their reactions to Eternal. Rokas Barokas. Whoa. He says, I really wanted to like this, but I think it made me feel like I would imagine a person who went to see Avengers Endgame and had no idea about any comic books or the MCU. Pretty epic. Uh, some cool action scenes, but what just happened? In quotes, he says. I get that. I think I, uh, it's fair. Mm, yeah. But on the other hand, Chris Marin says loved it much better than the last three Marvel movies in ranking. I'd say definitely in the top half somewhere need to watch it again to determine where I, you know what did you, I was trying to see if I liked this better or worse than Shang-Chi, but they're so different. So different. I kind of like them equally. I can't, we can't say one is better. Or I'm, worse. I'm with you. I'm Ron, that they're, they're two completely different movies. Yeah. You can't even fucking compare two different chapters. Yeah. That's what I said to him. Like I enjoyed this in the theater experience like i did shang chi but they're so different they're completely different in their own ways better than black widow though. uh black widow <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> just kind of like eh, black widow's a movie i don't smelly really, bad guy i don't know <laughs> <laughs> black widow's like, a type of movie i never really want to revisit yeah like, like i don't want to mind revisiting it but it's not like i have the urge to whereas eternals i definitely want to watch it again and like get a, I, a better oh yeah me too it. I wish that Eternals had a better bad guy, though, like now that I think about it. Well, I, I mean, it, I it think like Arishem's the bad guy, and then Icarus is sort of the bad guy also. With well, So there's a bunch of villains, but it's all kind of too much. Yeah. I think that might be why people are also like, there's no villain. But they still really, have so. a villain, but they've always had a villain problem, and they still kind of have a villain problem, even though now it's a giant fucking celestial god. Um, I am excited to Celestial watch Celestial Seasonings. Celestial Seasonings. I'm excited to watch Shang-Chi again on Disney, Disney Plus Day. I can't wait. That'll be fun. Uh, and finally, in News from the Nation, uh, you guys, we have a speak pipe, a voicemail. Oh, is it the speak pipe king? Well, let's find out who it's from. What's up, jocks, nerds in the nation? You oh, might no. be wondering who this is. Well, let me refresh your memories. Oh, it's no. the speak pipe king. Oh, it's Matt Let's Miller, time this. Your old friend, maybe a new <laughs> friend for some of you guys. I've come out of my retirement for a moment to pose a question. We're living in such a time right now where so many superhero movies and, and different IPs of nerdism are getting made. I wonder where do we go from here in the next five or ten years? I mean, are we going to run out of things to make eventually and storylines that are even interesting to pursue? I mean, they're making a Craven the Hunter movie. I mean. Does anybody even care about that? I know it's setting up something, but like, geez, Louise, did you guys ever think that there was going to be a Craven the Hunter movie? So anyway, in a great time. I can't wait to see what else they make. And the, the window's wide open for what else can get made. So anyways, will there ever be a time where we run out of stuff to make or interest? It's great to hear from you guys. Love to be back. See you, Nation. Okay. So I'm King. guessing in that whole... Well, how long was that? A minute? About a minute. There's a question there. So the question is... Are we ever going to run out of stuff to make? Is that what the question is? He said, yeah, that, that's the question. But the tone of way he asked that was like, we're going to run out of stuff to make. They're making a Craven the Hunter movie. It sounded like he was against them making everything. But then, Matthew, maybe you could clarify. But then you, you, 
you ended the speak pipe with, I can't wait to see what's next. So what is it? Well, I, maybe what's the he's question? pondering. He's pondering. Listen, the I will agree uh, with him and say I never thought they'd make a Craven the Hunter movie. Um, 100%. But I want to see. Yeah, I mean, me neither. Nobody cares, but I want to see it. Um, I, this is the great thing about where we are right now in the world and in history. Like, there's so much shit that they already made that I've never, ever seen. Um, there's like classic films and I have that are full of ideas and, uh, art authors that are like well known that wrote classics that I've never read. Like, all of these things have, have been interpreted and, I it just never caught my interest. So there's so much stuff. There's stuff coming out every day. Uh, uh, the newest stuff obviously is very derivative of the older stuff, but there is a lot of shit out there. I mean, just that we've they, the ink aisle just got announced. Like, right. That, sh- that fucking comic has been a out since I was fucking seventies. Pubeless. Like it was. <laughs> I mean, and if you long. just think a sheer number of characters that are just in DC and Marvel. No, there's always there's never going to run out of shit. Whether I, you want it or not, they're gonna they can fucking make all of it. I think the problem is the derivativeness of everything. Yeah, it's like because a lot of the stuff that we're that we get, like even if you look at Dune and Star Wars, they're all like interconnected and they're all related. So we're going to get this feeling of we've already seen this shit like a thousand times already, and we're going to be kind of maybe waiting for a different interpretation of it. Um, I don't know. Like, it, is is it going to be? Like I think that there's like different things that are coming down the pipeline in terms of technology, like with CG That's and true. the deep fake yeah. technology and all these other gimmicks that are going to be there to kind of entice you to like maybe sit through something that you've seen before. Like they tried that with Disney with the Jungle Book and and the Lion King and using technology to retell these stories. Um, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But there is like fucking a vast amount of shit. There's there are stories from cultures. That we don't know here in America, oh, yeah. we don't know. They're like there could be shit that there be some, we get, get shit from Asia. There's we great can get mythology shit from everywhere over there. Well, obviously, Anthony, maybe the question is: Will the bubble burst? Will people still care? Is that the question he was asking? Uh, yeah, you know, at some point, I think I don't know if it'll burst, but it'll shift. Maybe I maybe there won't be as much enthusiasm um, in Marvel movies. But then again, I think the stories, as long as they're telling stories in unique ways, and I think. Like comic book movies are kind of a genre, but then they're also genres within the genre. Yep, yep. And I think they they maybe it'll pivot to the other things that are maybe not as um like superhero-y and maybe more like human stories or things like that. So yeah, I don't think every anything will it'll ever like go away. I don't think they'll run out of stuff. And they're and they're like still even though comics are basically dead, they're still writing comics and basically testing out new ideas and stuff. So there's always gonna be new stuff. I feel like if you remember the fifties, like like you know, you're old like me, you know. Jesus Christ! No, I'm kidding. I was in the fifties. Like in the fifties, in uh, there was this explosion of westerns, right? Right. There was like every show was a western. There was just like western comics, western this with cowboys and cowboys and cowboys. That bubble burst eventually. That's what's 
that's what superheroes are now. But I think superheroes are a little more diverse in genre. That's a, you could do setting for sure and setting the western. You could do different things, but it's it's a western. I mean, Bonanza was like the longest running fucking TV show ever. Well, no, Mandalorian's a western. Mandalorian is a western and a sci fi thing merged together and fantasy. Right. So it's there's multiple, but the aesthetics are still there. But yeah. like. But yeah, but that's the deal. Like the superhero is is just like the husk, right? Right. Like the western is just like a, a brand, but you could just rehusk it with the Mandalorian, and now you got a samurai and a western are the same thing. Samurai story, pretty much, right? Yeah. yeah. So they're all like kind of interrelated, but it's just how you the skin that you put on them and the shine that you put on them. But they're at, at the end of the day, they're all kind of similar but stories. If but. And if you're talking straight comic books that aren't superhero, there's great examples of movies like ghost world or road to perdition or from hell that of these interesting, uh, graphic novels that aren't, that are just, you know, very basic human stories and they're just good stories and they make good movies out of them. So I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff. I mean, there's so many things that I'm, I can't wait for them to do. Right. Like, I'd like to see a Gilgamesh movie. Let's fucking see some yeah. Nkidu action. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, let me put Don Lee in it as fucking Gilgamesh again. The well, not original. that Gilgamesh, the real No, thing. I'm saying make him play the, <laughs> the real Iranian Gilgamesh. one. Yeah. Uh, but that, so, yeah, uh, that's the original hero story. All right, let's just finish with, uh, do you guys watch anything else that's Life from Eternals this week that was that you liked? Oh, I watched Heavy Metal and Heavy Metal 2000. I halfway through oh, you it. Oh, you rewatched both of those, huh? The animated films, they're fucking crazy. There's a lot of animated boobies in those It's movies. like porn. It's it basically is. just yeah. porn. It's just what it is. But, um, yeah, it's just crazy to see that first heavy metal movie had, like, all of these um, British artists, like Corbin and... and I love that I first remember. one, man. It's fucking great. Yeah, and it's pretty trippy. And then this the other one, the Heavy Metal 2000, um, I think uh, Kevin Eastman married this, like, porn star or something like julie strain and designed this whole entire story around oh. her where can you watch these uh i think it's on amazon oh. heavy metal 2000 oh. is on amazon oh um, so uh it's it's really like strange animation but uh watch that and i was just like wow this would never be made like heavy metal 2000 would never be made now it's just huge boobs yeah and like the, violence, the, ultra the violence. The magazine was great. Yeah, you, know, you felt like when you were a kid that you were getting something you shouldn't have reading. Heavy have you metal. ever heard of heavy metal, Anthony? No. Do you know what it is? Type of rock music. Well, no, it, no, no, no. Heavy metal. <laughs> is, it is heavy metal. Is it's is, is a British magazine that it basically was all comics. Like so, instead of buying a comic book, you'd buy a magazine, and the and the magazine would be an anthology. So you'd have like. 12 pages of one comic and then you'd read the next pages and be another comic and it'd be full of like four or five different comics. like books. nice glossy oh. paper like these were expensive and, and it was big and beautiful yeah, it was and, oversized, like, you know, yeah. And, and there was no censorship it was like uh all so you'd get like basically like they'd have like the top sci-fi guys that they had like doing these uh things and they were all like x-rated oh my god and, as like, a kid dude it was like you had found porn nobody knew it was porn yeah and you were like, oh, oh shit. But you had like French illustrators. Yeah. You had yeah. British people, Italians. Like you said, Mobius, Richard Corbin. Uh, yeah, you, Milo Monera. Oh, yeah, like, Milo Monera. They're, they're all great. Great stuff. <laughs> yeah. So they yeah, made an so, animated movie in the 80s. Yeah. And then they made another one. And it's kind of the same. I, I think you would dig the first one. I think you should watch the first it's one. It's kind of like you got to do a lot of drugs. <laughs> you watch 
But yeah, it's just crazy. I just was like, I wanted to revisit. I love animation, so I, I wanted to revisit that stuff, and I love like that whole thing. I remember when I was a kid reading heavy metal. I was like, oh, it just exposed me to all of this art yep, that was yep, just yep. not like in European any other comics. artists that you didn't know about that were amazing. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, reminder to watch Matrix two and three. You got about a little over a month before the fourth one comes out. All right, all right. Have you watched anything else? How's the sports ball going? Watching a lot of sports. Uh, other than that, I've been watching a lot of polyglots again on YouTube. Ryan Hale, Santigalot. So, all right. I like uh, I learning like the watching languages. These, learning the languages. Yeah. Uh, I w- let me just say, I talked about this last week. I watched some more Cowboy Bebop anime on Netflix. It's a fucking great show. Oh my I god! Told you. Oh my god! It's so much fun. Uh, I watched a couple more episodes. There's only one season of 26 episodes. So, yeah, um, it's only one and done. And they're like 24 minute short episodes. Lots of fun. I did watch the new Apple TV Plus movie Finch with Tom Hanks and a dog and a robot in a post-apocalyptic Earth. He goes on a journey. It's very good. It's like Castaway with a dog and a robot, essentially. Uh, But touching, poignant movie. Tom Hanks is fantastic. It's very emotional. It will make you sad, but also make you smile. All right. That's it. Watch Finch. That's good. That's it. I'll check it out. That's it. Everybody enjoy Disney Plus Day on Friday, November 12th. I got to remember to we watch. We'll talk that. about all the things next week. Rugs, where can they find you online? You can find me at Really Rug Boy on Twitter. Come by and say hello. Say hello. Give them a follow. Visit the show notes. Where you can find links to all where you can find us and subscribe. Stay subscribed. Share the show. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. And he's the nerd. We'll peep you next time. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> the fuck is going on here? Fucking fantasy. Jock and Nerd.